Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio I'm James Boyd and with me I have Rich Lotto What's going on man? Not much, man. Um, I I totally blanked last week and forgot that we missed an amazing moment in the culture. Yeah, and, I missed it too. It was one and, of those things where it's like I blank out because I just like don't care about like the initial backlash because I think it's stupid. So it's like y'all are all wrong, y- y'all are hating, so I don't care. But uh, but yeah, we we get into it now, I guess. It's all right about it. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B yep. uh dropped that fire. Yep. Called WAP. Yep. Um, I remember when I heard the title, I only guessed to myself what the title would be. I didn't tell anybody, and it turned out to be exactly uh what what it stood for. What I guessed, I was like, hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I heard the song before I saw the video. Mm-hmm. I um, so I grew up like my mom was playing this type of house music that this was sampled from. Like there's mm-hmm. some hoes in this house. Like I've heard that since I was a child. So I'm like, oh yeah. okay, yeah. Like they played that on like um like Lil Jon and Esap was like t- early two thousand like albums cuts too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So I, I heard that. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it sounded that was like, it kind of, kind of sounds like a milli a little bit, but like less <laughs> bass. So, <laughs> oh, uh, I listened to it on my phone and it was like 7 a.m. I was like, huh. I was like, that's on nasty as fuck, but right. it's sliding. Yeah. So move on with my day and I'm like, oh, the video's out. So, um, <laughs> uh, I believe Alex had already seen the video and was telling me this was like, you know, mm-hmm. the second coming. This was this was it. You know, and but you know, you know, I was quick to shoot you a unit of, of hyperbole. You know that though, 
Right, but but I knew he wasn't playing because it was Cardi. Like, and even he <laughs> ha- had to acknowledge, you know, what was going on here. This this momentous occasion, you yeah, know. I, I imagine this is what the streets felt like when <laughs> Jay Z and Biggie were doing songs together in like 1996. This is like a similar vibe oh, oh, oh. that I'm getting out of this. For context, uh, Alex is my cousin. He is a huge mark if you will, for uh, Kanye. Well, actually, he's a Kanye stan. And then, like, he's also, I don't, not as, he's more of a mark for uh, Nicki Minaj. So, just for right. just for listeners at home to be like, why would he, because he is such a Nicki Minaj fan, he, like, he kind of, like, not really embraces Cardi the way that, like, a normal person that listens to the rap over the last, like, three years would. Look, y- y'all know how wrestling works, how people be acting. Picking and favorites. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same shit. Stan but- culture is toxic. <laughs> so I see the video and I'm like, boy, boy, I love it. I love every second of this. <laughs> um, I, I I love like the uh, the vulgarity. I love the dancing. I love the colors. I love the beat. I love the flow. I love uh, the rapping that Megan Thee Stallion is doing on there. I'm a, a Megan Thee Stallion mark, I would say. Um, and you know, I didn't understand what all the all the the, the fuss was, well, but um, it, it sounded like a bunch of people that all of a sudden became holier than now because these women wanted to rap about their pussy. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like you it, know, it, and it's not like a case. Like it's like. It's not like your fourth album, like where it ain't been like no progression or anything like that. That's not even the angle people coming at it from. They're just like appalled that that they would do this. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, think about the shit in rap that uh has gone on for years and years and years and years. But this is the one we gotta we gotta make sure to put a stop to this. Come on, man. This song is excellent. I only regret that I cannot be uh, out somewhere enjoying and seeing the reaction uh, that that goes on while while the young ladies hear this music. I, I I would I would love to see the reaction on the crowd, how it sounds in a club environment. But unfortunately, you know, I'm not about to do that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I have not seen the video. I've only heard the song. What? I've only heard the video. I only heard the song maybe twice. You know, I don't really care about that. Like, it's, yeah. even when Beyonce comes out with her those nah, visual albums or whatever else, I'm just like, I don't care. I want the music. Like, I, ca- I can't take your music video on the road. Like, sure you can. I just don't on the road. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, imagine sure me driving. Imagine me driving on I on I two seventy five with the with the with the video up. Yeah, no, no, hey. thank you. Um, I'm just saying, it's just, it's me. I, I, I just haven't seen it yet. I guess I'll get around to it someday. I like whatever. I, I will care. send you the link. Look, everyone that's listening, look, I know, the link is. Look, I, I know every, how to YouTube. Look, everyone, send James this link on Twitter. <laughs> Tag him. Why are you acting like this? Like, is that important? Is yes. that important? Okay. Yes. Okay. It is. Anyway, um, I've heard the song twice. I like the song. Um, I'm with you on the just people who are clutching their pearls, and I think a lot of that comes down to the double standard there is, especially when it comes down to what people expect out of men and that for, uh, versus what they expect out of women as far as vulgarity and being quote unquote ladylike and the bullshit that is that women have to hold themselves to the standard of um of, of innocence that is is not 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 existent in this shit we like put on women to where they cannot like you know have all the spectrum of 
of life that do that dudes have. So like, but I don't understand you, this. Like, this is the brand. Like, this is Cardi B and right. Megan Thee Stallion. What did you think the song was going to be about? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know about what a song between them would be, but uh, the but the idea that people would lose their minds because this song is like, nah, bro. Like, you're clearly telling on yourself. Like, there's no way. There's yeah. there is no way that you have listened to rap for real for your whole life or whatever. And this is the song that you just like, nah, this is too much. Nah. Basically, what this comes down to is you think these women are behaving un unwomen unwomanly. Right, and you also don't like to talk about women's uh uh I'm sorry uh uh what's the word anatomy. So, and that's really what you, that's really what's problem is like these women are owning their bodies and, and talking nasty, and you can't handle it. I got, I'm sorry. Look, the song. Look, the song is for you. Like the song is for you. Like everyone that 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 thing is not for them. It's for you. Yeah, to, to enjoy to the reaction. Like, come on, man. Like. Like it's like um <laughs> so like it's like a play is being run right here, right? Mm-hmm. Like the song comes out, you watch him react, and then you 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 know, like my man Hawkman used to do, you swoop down. Relax. Like that's 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 Relax. all you that's, that's all you Relax. gotta do. This Relax. is easy. <laughs> Alright, it's gotta- not for you, man. <laughs> This song's not. It, look, it's for you, but it's not for you. It's for you. Come on, man. Uh, I'm gonna have, I'm had to put these folks up on some game, but yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else since we already talking about it. I mean, I got around to watching the um the two chains and Ross. I actually forget that. We'll go to that later. Yeah, we were talking originally. We were talking about this um while we were trying to put together the show and. The, the conversation has been brought up on a lot of the last like month or so about Drake and you know his future. Where was Russ talking? I think you said it was Russ talking to Steve Stout and Stout bringing it to Breakfast Club and Joe Budden talked about it, about the idea of Drake potentially uh, going independent. And you know, t- on f- was it this Friday? Or was it also the same week as uh WAP? I think it was this Friday, right? Yeah, it was last week. Oh, it was last week. Okay, so or it was no, it was a couple of days ago. His yeah, new song yeah, came out. Yeah, uh, laugh now, cry later came out. Uh, has a song with Dirk on it. Video with uh, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Odell Kevin Beckham, Durant, Odell Beckham, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's playing baseball, but but apparently there's no like baseball players from Nike. And, and, like he could, I, I guess he couldn't get Mike Trout or something. I don't know. Or <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like. <laughs> I don't even listen to Drake. Um, who is Drake? Right. Like, he's like, no, who are you, nigga? Like, <laughs> yeah. who are you, Mike Trout? Uh, but yeah, um, lo- love the song. I feel like with Drake's last three singles, I feel like, you know, I'm typically not a person that really enjoys the Drake singles that much. I always, I tend to like them, but like, these are, these last three, I, I've really liked. Um, not that I think these are like his best stuff, but like, I, I just like them. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this one, like, like the song's cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, uh, like stripped down, not like a stripped down version, but it's like a lesser version of God's plan, kind of. But um, I I know. felt some of that. I also felt some of trophies just because of the horns. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, you know, it, it was Drake. Like, you know, you you think about like it totally disconnected from like, you know. 
the world. Um, well, well that's the thing, though. Like, you don't go to... You, okay, so, for example, uh, on the verses, right? At the end of verse between Ross and 2 Chains, they both put out... Their, they both play their singles at the end of it. 2 Chains is playing a, um, a sample of, of a Southern covering uh, the Peace of My Love uh, Teddy Riley song, right? Yeah, that's his right. new song with Lil yeah, Wayne. Right, right. And then Ross plays his, and it's Ross talking about the black man's plight, and I'm like, dude, I know you covered that sort of thing like an inch deep on some of your albums from time to time, passing hey, by. He, but- he had a line on there that says, um, Terry Crews is basically... <laughs> Called him a coon. Yeah, not basically. He literally called him a coon. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm at the beep that like four or five times. But yeah. So, but anyway, like I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Ross's social commentary or anything. It's up anything involving crack. I'm, I'm sorry. Ha- okay. Is there anything you prefer to hear? You want? Do you really want to hear that? Do you really want to hear that from Rick Ross? Have you ever wanted to hear that from Rick Ross? Has he ever want give you something that you said, you know, I want more from Rick Ross on that? No. So yeah, when it comes to yeah. Drake, it's like if you if you're the if you're gonna be the superficial guy your whole career, be the superficial emotional guy. I'm fine with it. This is the lot you this is the lot you have you have laid, this is the path you laid. I'm good with that. But I I just don't I don't want to hear that from Drake. Like maybe some other time or whatever else, but not right now. Yeah. Drake's still running these streets. Yeah. When Drake goes home to be a family man, maybe then I want some social commentary from him. Maybe then. I, I guess I'll just wait for the Cole. J. Cole put out two songs a couple weeks ago. Flame. <laughs> and then I mean you also gotta worry about about Cole with the you know, the Snow in the Bluff song from a few weeks from like a month ago. When he's out here, you're like, you're doing hey, some little records that, on uh, that one lady. Come on. That might be coming back around because I heard she's been making herself look crazy in these streets on Twitter. Maybe, but we flushed that song down to trash when it came out because because we knew exactly what you was talking about. And also, it's like, the, oh, you don't read? <laughs> you don't read? <laughs> that was the main thing more than anything. It was like, wait, you don't read? What? Bro. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing sometimes. Like you know what what a lot of that song was about was him not wanting this role that he seemingly got anointed or whatever. Right. And, and then what he do? He, he he says like, I don't like the way you're talking to me, lady. That apparently, like from what I saw, didn't say anything crazy to him. Yeah. It's like, um, crazy man. Woman. That that's not a good look right now in these streets right now, my guy. Yeah, man. Um. It, don't trust people that don't read, y'all. Like, <laughs> like, don't for you, real. Don't you get tired of having to have every almost every single day having to like steer somebody in the right path that doesn't read themselves? Don't you get tired of that? Oh it's exhausting, God. ain't it? It is like, bro. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it's like, bro. If you just read it, like, that's why do you, why do. do you want me to hold your hand and walk you through this? Because you trust me. You know how I got. Look, you know how I learned this by reading. Put in your half and learn your damn self. I'm tired. Yeah, I get man. tired, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, um, they, look, he'd be running me off of the uh, off of the messenger thread from time to time. We had the um, the vice president announcement. Um, oh, yeah. 
So Kamala Harris was um, nominated the first African-American woman. And, you know, you'll get Jamaican and Indian thrown in there and all that, um, depending on who you hear it from. Uh, to be a vice presidential nominee for a major party, very big occasion. Um, I don't know a ton about her, but I know she's a serious debater. Uh, she put uh, Justice Kavanaugh on the fucking hot, like cooked him over open open flame. He should have never been, um, you know, processed. But that's a right. whole nother thing. But um, happy for her to uh, get that look, and you know, that's a very big thing. I just thought we should mention. Yeah, I guess it's time for us to put in our social commentary, right? Yeah, right. right. But then again, like we do social commentary a lot more than Rick Ross ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, uh, you talked about how she set uh, Kavanaugh on fire. She also set uh, Biden on fire during the primary. She did. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, but I guess we can um, move on to what were we talking about with, with Drake? Drake, um, like basically, like oh, I was yeah. like, you know, his songs, like I was like, totally disconnected from reality. You know, everything's going on. And it's just like, well, he is who he is at this point. Yeah, and like, I don't really want to turn on the radio and hear a million like songs about that sort of stuff like if you got us if you have a song that you feel is good enough or necessary or whatever else for the time that is needed or whatever else yeah like the right songs hit the spot at the right time i don't need it to be forced you know what i mean mm-hmm. um like i remember in the first week after uh the process started broken breaking out you start seeing people drop their songs on, on spotify you're like oh okay Either you whip this up in a heartbeat, or you just had one. It, it just in the can, just ready to polish up, ready to just polish up and send out to to the world. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, in Meek Mill. No, thank you. <laughs> um, like you know, yeah, bro, uh, it's funny. I, I, I had to take a couple months before I started rapping about it. Like, but these these people was jumping out here before June. Like, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> then we let the shit get out the summer. Uh. Or get to the summer. Yeah, um... But as far as Drake... The, the real the real reason why we brought him up is a large discussion that's happened over the last month where people are talking about, like, you know... In the future, what does it look like if he does go independent? Or if he goes... Or if he stays, like... Or what would, you know, Universal give him... Um, to get him to stay, and everyone's conclusion more or less came down to the same. It's like they give him whatever he asked for, and you know, before we we press play on this or press record on this, my my I was kind of like, yeah, man, like the only person that can really do the can have the power of being be label backed and also um, be independent that we've ever seen is Jay Z. Now, now, and like it took Jay Z having to be. You know, the president of Def Jam in the early or the mid to late 2000s to do such a thing. And, like, sorry, like, I don't really see that being something that, that Drake would ever want to do to even get to that level. I don't know if Drake even has to go to that to get to this point, but because he's bigger than, than Jay Z was relative to the time. Um, but I just don't know. Um, 
it's in my mind is have a hard time imagining like someone else reaching that and reaching it like that fast. Like obviously it shouldn't be a time thing. Cause ultimately it's like the time is whatever your deal is and like how much leverage you have. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like if you, if the whole idea is just to be a, like, if this was Jay Z in, in the Drake role, yeah, he goes immediately independent and just like, makes as much money as he possibly can. But like, if he's in Drake, but I don't know how Drake. I don't know how Drake will move in this ocean. What do you think? Um, I I don't really know how he's wired, but up until now, he's always had all these slashes in his deal. There's right. like Young Money slash Cash Money slash Universal, and it's you know as those slashes have gone away, it seems like he's retreated more from the spotlight. Uh, like as far as um like you know the interviews are done less public appearances are way less and it's just strictly about the music like you see him when his music comes out you see him when he's you know in a beef <laughs> with Pusha T <laughs> oh <my God laughs> but r- you don't really hear from him that much but everything's just massive it's almost like some Michael Jackson shit but um as far as what he could want from a label like they would have like I was I just uh watched the five part no limit documentary that um BET you know did. went up that BET did yeah it was okay. really good and Master P walked in there and was like ain't no negotiating I want eighty five fifteen and uh, y'all just need to press this up and y'all need to just be part of this and he got what he wanted in the nineties bro Drake not only could get that if he wanted to, but like he, he could like wipe his ass with that deal. Like right now, based on who he is, how like plugged in he is still to, you know, like when he pushes the button, like that shit goes is Drake. But it's a lot because I don't like, like we better be thankful that um, Drake doesn't have the mentality of master P where he's like, I want to dominate the world. Drake's Drake's content with just doing his music and then, you know, hanging out in Toronto for the winter. Aside from that, like, we don't really see no Drake clothing line. We don't see no Drake, like, extra, like, the outside of rap really stuff. Like, it's a, like, why hasn't he really done a movie yet? Like, he should have an actor. Right. He should have, like, had his own, like, Purple Rain by now. Like, but, like, what? Like, I don't know his ambitions. Yeah, if you think about it, like, a number of rappers that have been even below his level or at his level um, over the last, you know, few years, whether it was, or not few years, but over the last few decades, whether it was 8 Mile or Get Richard or Tron or ATL, like, you had... Is this where I get to bring up Killer Season? I'm taking this bread. That was not a wide release. That's why I did not mention Killer Season, Rich. Jesus Christ. But I didn't mention Belly either. You notice I didn't do that, right? Um, yeah, I, what, I guess what I'm really saying is like, I think he knows where his butter is bread, or where his uh, bread is buttered. And it's kind of like, you know, the... <laughs> The Nike stuff and the in the in the Jordans or whatever else is cool and like you know the OVO Raptor stuff is cool, but it's like I think he's more. I think he's not 
obviously Kanye was such a huge influence on him, and he's he seen what Kanye is doing. But like, I don't think he's motivated in that way because it's like he could have a, a line or whatever mm-hmm. else and get some deal with Nike or whoever. Especially right now, after Nike like kind of pushed off Kanye, and now Kanye is selling just ridiculous amounts of um, merchandise off of Adidas with his lines and stuff. Like, Kanye's more, or Drake's more popping than, than Kanye is at this point. Um, so, but I just, it doesn't seem like he wants to do that. And, like, that's probably fine with me, but it's like, at a certain point, he's going to be too old to be, like, the guy that keeps doing making these club records. Eventually, he's going to have to, like, do something else. And I don't know what his, like, late, like, career turn takes him. I just don't. Like, maybe big, he did. Big come, homie Drake. I mean, he already is there. He's been, I mean, <laughs> yeah, think of, that's think true. Of when he started crabbing off dudes' records and started making them his own records. What was that, like 2015? Yeah. Yeah, like, he already, he's already there. Like, the, the thing that was crazy for me was um, Marvin Wilson, who came back to Florida State uh, for his senior year, which is, you know, turned out to be a great idea given the pandemic right now, right? Um, he was the, he was a five star recruit, one of the, I think five or ten best, uh, college football players in the country, um, in high school coming out, right? So that's, that's 2016, I think, 2017. Either Something way, I remember him saying that, like, I was reading some interview for him before he showed up to Florida State or whatever else, and he's out of Louisiana. And he was talking about how Drake was like this legend to him because he remembered the first time he like he was a legend because he first his first album came out when he's in fifth grade or something. I was like, and I was like, wait, that don't even sound. Wait, wait, what? And then I went back and was like, holy shit, he's been around since like his first album came out in nine, which means you know, thank or sorry, uh, uh, the mixtape came out two thousand eight or seven or some shit. Like he's. He's been in the in national forefront from like at this point, giving out a conversation, thirteen you know, twelve, thirteen years, like he's been big homie. <laughs> like so nigga Drake left me in the dust, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> left me in the dust. Hey man, melodies, melodies, melodies and politics. That's how it goes. Yeah, I, I I can't sing, bro. I <laughs> We, we've we've demonstrated this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got we got a couple tracks with you on the auto tune. That sounds yeah, pretty good. A couple yeah, of them. I nah, man. Like <laughs> it just don't quite go. Like I can write the hooks, I can make the words go, but it just don't quite. It don't quite curl. You, you know. When did you have uh? Did you ever put out the the mixtape that had you over um? Some no. Away, some- <laughs> You I knew exactly where you were going. Yes. <laughs> Can I even say it or no? Uh, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you had uh, you had a few tracks that you basically did your own remix version of over uh, Eight Oasis and Heartbreak Beats. You had a couple of them, um, like Paranoid, for example. That's one I remember specifically because it's like Paranoid was already like this great. This, no, let me phrase it. Paranoid was already this this song that was like so like. You are so insecure. It's almost like gaslighty, and then <laughs> your version is even is even more just trash and toxic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, 
Oh yeah, and you threw the you threw my name into that shit at the end. I, I remember that. I did. Yes, yeah, yes. totally under, I'm with James. Totally threw me under the bus. I had nothing to do with any of that. Nothing. Yeah. Leave me alone. I don't know why y'all put me up to that. Never mind. But uh, yeah. Um, I guess we can move on to the two chains thing just quick. Like two chains and uh, Rick Ross versus like Rick Ross. I end up at the end. I end up scoring it. Ten Ross. Seven, two chains, two uh, two draws, and one that I threw as no contest because they played just two songs that sucked. So I was like, mm. I'm not even, I don't even want to dignify that with a draw. Those just not no contest. Throw that out. Like, bro, he played Tears of Joy. Ross played Tears of Joy. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 one of the ones right there. That's fu- I it love has that. No song. drums, Rich. No, it has no snares. No, it has no, no, it has no kick. Which uh, is what we all desp- describe as drums. I fucking hate that song. And it's rambling, like, rapping about nothing. Just uh, anyway. What um, else? I, I like that song because Slaughterhouse like remixed that song. Oh, you like the song because someone else did something over, it, not what Ross did over. Well, it, it made me like okay. what Ross did to it more. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, but um. You just go through this thing, and it's like, all right, so he, <sighs> yeah, bro. Like, I'm shocked. Two chains didn't play understatement. Like he didn't, he didn't play, play understatement. He didn't play. Uh, he didn't play um, riot. Uh, there, there's a few. There's a bunch of. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. There's even more stuff that Ross didn't play. Like, Ross didn't yeah. play not one Maybach music. Yeah. Not one. He didn't play yeah. This Is The Life. He didn't play... He stayed speed. away from a lot. He didn't play speed, Speeding, which might be like a thing where I'm not going to play any R. Kelly, which is like, okay, I understand that. Um, yeah. He didn't play Blow. He didn't play I Get Bro, It He could have played Usual Suspects. He could have played... Right. right. Um, he just... He did play Rich Off Cocaine, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that beat is so hard, but that so hard. song is so ridiculous. And... I think he gave that song as a shout out to like all the shit we going through. I know, like Ross, do you know what that fucking song is about? <laughs> that song is about you. Talk- <laughs> he also did play "I'm Not a Star." Yes, amazing. He did. Which is was also funny because he also played John, which is like so you're basically playing the same song twice, except different yep. beats. One's from Polo, one's from uh, uh, Justice League. Um, he didn't play Yams. He played like he played like "I'm a Boss" is like the only song he played off any of the MMG shit that I remember. Um, mm. same thing with Hustin like Hustin was the only song on Port of Miami um, he played nothing off of Trilla which he could have um, Deeper Than Rap the only song he played was, was Mafia Music for, if I remember correctly he didn't play like the Hello Good Bo- or the Hello Good Morning remix um, he didn't play I think I'm almost the only Khaled song he played which is like I think all the Khaled songs he was on, like, you know, We Taken oh, Over. Rich, Rich Off so Cocaine good. was on Deeper Than Rap. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget. Yeah, I forget. He played it, like, track 20, like, the very last track. Yeah. Which is, like, his placement. Their place was all over the place. And, like, they didn't do the, you know, one person goes first and then at halftime, when we get to 11, another person switched. They just went, Ross went first every single time. And when the time they got to, like, track 11, two teams, like, when we supposed to switch? And then, like, Swiss off camera saying, or, 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 or Timberland, he was like, oh, I don't know. And then, and then, <laughs> Two Chains was like, but this is your shit, nigga. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know. But, like, 
Yeah, Ross is all over the place playing a bunch of different stuff. Like, it's a bunch of stuff that's like, that's the, the album cut type of stuff, which is cool, but it's like, you can also play like the street anthem stuff. And he did at the beginning, but it kind of tailed off. Um, I guess it was more like to show the show the diversity of the catalog, I guess, which if that's the case, that's a good night for Ross, but. I would think so. But he could not have done it against somebody that he did not know he could smoke. Like, he did that against somebody that he, that he felt like, well, comfortable, he could just, you know, he would win. Like. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's funny that, like, Ross picked, like, two chains to do this against, like, when it would have been, like, well, how about you versus, like, T.I.? That no, would have been interesting. That would have been just as big of a blowout the other way around, where you, like, you compare them, you're like, no, it's not close. Like, especially if you compare, like, their quote-unquote hit records as far as stuff they actually landed and were singles and landed on Billboard. Like, keep in mind, Ross, like, I don't think Ross ever had a platinum, like, a top ten single, ever. Uh, yeah, I think that stuff's overrated, like, especially in this format. It is until you remember, like, all right, you throw that in, and then it's like, who has better albums? And it's like, oh, so he has better hits, and he has a deeper catalog. And, and like, one guy was actually, like, at one point, for one year, may have been, like, the best rapper in 2006. You can, and you can never say in any year that Ross was the best rapper in any year. It would be rough. It would have been rough. So, so he didn't have, uh, if you so say Ross 2000, didn't have, 2010, he, I'm gonna say Kanye. Uh, okay. I'll give you that. He helped because he was on, uh, Monster and on, uh, Devil New Dress. He was close. He was up there. He was I'll in put him, the top, top two, second. three. Probably put him in second. Like yeah. Probably put him second, but like that, that second's a distant second because it's Kanye. And it was Kanye before, you know, all of this shit, all of this shit is going on. Before the before the nonsense, or even more of the nonsense, there was like, no, nah, we can't rock with that dude no more. Yeah, like 2010, finished. Kanye, he was like, yeah, man, y'all tripping about y'all tripping about this Taylor Swift thing, and we were, you know, we was defending him, and now it's like I ain't defending shit with Kanye. Nope. He's on his own. Well, let that man defend himself. Yeah, because he does so well doing that. He, he's responsible for his own right. You know. <sighs> So I guess but it's time to talk about wrestling, right? Wrestling. Um, so what happened this week? <laughs> um, okay, so from my perspective, what happened this week was we are headed towards SummerSlam Yikes. Um, next week. So I guess we got to do a little preview here. Um, we had a okay, an okay AEW Dynamite. We had... Like the first thirty minutes of NXT may have been the worst thirty minutes of NXT I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. Um just like what even is this? This is the main this is like some of the worst of the main roster. Um And after that, like towards the end, like the show settled down, but like the first half the first thirty, forty minutes of the show is so bad that it's like, nah, that's a bad show or that's a mediocre show at best or a bad show. I probably I probably just call it a bad show. Like most memorable things about that show you'll ever remember weeks from now, you'd be like, God, that fucking sucked. Um Do you wanna um stunt on Daniel Cormier now or later? Oh, let's do it now. <laughs> let's do it now. Last night, UFC, Daniel Cormier in the main event against uh, Stipe Miocic. 
I'm always bad with uh, color Miochik or Miochik because um, you know all the foreigners uh, all the Eastern Europeans in the NBA I don't know if it's itch or ick I don't yeah. know um, Miochik I, I can't do it Miochik I can't do it I don't know which one to do it and I'm also like exploring my speech but anyway um, I call him Stipe so uh, this was the third match they both knocked each other out in prior matches uh Cormier won the first match. Stipe won the second match. This is a rubber match. Um, this is Cormier basically like coming out of unofficial retirement or actually official retirement. I don't remember, but he hadn't he hadn't fought since he had got knocked out by Stipe. And word was he didn't want to do this past forty. He's forty one. They gave him a title shot. He said, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Um, and came out and he won the first round and then in, at the end of the second round he got saved at the bell after he got put on his ass by some uh, right hooks um and like he may have broken his nose um earlier in the fight I think in the first round um there was an eye poke by uh, Cormier I think in the third or fourth round I think the third round actually third round at the end of the third round uh Stipe got him with the eye poke and his was way worse on uh, Cormier. Cormier's eyes like looks terrible. He looks like Forrest Whitaker. Um, and then from there, like they just got you know had bigger guys, heavyweights, um, fourth championship rounds. They're starting to get tired. They're starting to just lay on each other. Like Stipe got to a point where like. He would get into some type of uh, clinch and would just take take DC to the corner, take Cormier to the to the to the uh, cage, and like he would just let him lay on him forever. Um, but at the end, um, the the eye turned into a problem. Um, I think most of the time anyone got hurt by strikes, it was DC that was on the receiving end of, of the of the hurting strikes, um, like. I, I felt like there were different points where he was about to go down, but he just didn't. Um, cause he, you know, got to, to give Cormier credit. He is tremendous at taking a shot. That would be like the, the beginning of a, of a, of just the end and surviving it. The only one he really didn't survive was the knockout with, uh, with, with Bones Jones, Jones, which is, when you watch yeah. it, it's hilarious. He's like, he's like, he falls, he's he trying to get away. He's literally running against the cage to try to get away. But, you know, Jones is, you know, so adept with his feet and kicking and, you know, all the stuff he does to people that him up, he like, he took his legs out from underneath him and he dropped the elbow on him. Um, but like, there were times where he was hurt and staggered and like one more shot would take him out, but like he found a way to regroup or stay alive. And I get to do credit. Like he was out there pretty much working one eye. Like, and he was, he was looking, losing looking like John Pierre Lafitte. He was losing these rounds late. Um, actually I said it back. I feel, I feel like the fourth round was a draw, but, um, or could have been a draw, but like, it, let's say you think it's going to the fifth round is 2-2. In the first minute, Stipe just took it from him. And then after that, after he won that, the first minute of that round, Stipe just took his ass to the cage and laid on him. It's like, well, I've done enough. It's a wrap. 
I'm the champion. <laughs> I just won the first minute of this of this fifth round. I'm finna lay on your ass to the end. And that's pretty much how it ended, where he's laying on to the end. Um and I think Pipe was in phenomenal condition. I think Cormier was in terrible condition. Well his body's always looks bad though. His body always looks like, bad. It looked worse. I think it looks about the same from what at heavyweight. You know, is you know the weight is different at heavyweight between you know uh, the cruiserweight stuff. But yeah, at heavyweight it kind of looks like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you're right. He always looks bad. It's like damn, bro. Like, like can can we get this man on like a low carb diet? Can can we can we attempt to get an ab going? <laughs> like, could could we attempt to to you know to hold off on the fried chicken for for like a cycle like like it's just like it's phenomenal that he's able to like move the way he is and be and look that far out of shape like right. cosmetically right it's a, I think it's a mindfuck for a lot of people too yeah like like I mean not for, like I mean people that he's like he fights in the ring or the cage it's yeah. like. Bro, I'm finna, and it's like, nah, bro. Like, you gotta keep in mind, like, if he were to cut He's down, if he was to lose that kind of weight or whatever else, and be, you know, six pack or whatever else, he, I wouldn't say he, he'd probably be a middleweight. Probably be a middleweight. Yeah, 180s like middleweight for for a UFC. He'd probably be in the middleweight range, but nah. He don't. He, he's a. He's wrestling. He's he, he's always wrestling bigger. So. He has this a natural thing where he has the endurance to go that far, but like he he reached a point where like he got really hurt and then like it kind of got taken out of him um, because he even tried to like I think he tried like one takedown. He got him down the first round. That was it. Yeah, um, pretty much. I, I I came on to watching the fight towards the end of the first round, and Stevie looked like he was dominating from that point on, just rights and lefts to the face, jacking him up against the cage, doing whatever he wanted, like pretty much. But um, so now that we got the official stuff out of the way, so like, how do you feel about uh, not having to watch Daniel Cormier fight anymore? Um, about pretty much any other time I watch UFC when he's not on the card, I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, you know, like his results speak for themselves, but like, as far as him being a watch that I, like a person that I, or a personality that I thought was dynamic in that way. Nah, I thought they, I thought that he's, um, um, as a fighter, I think as a commentator, he's great. He, he's legitimately a great commentator, but as a personality and a person I want to pay to see fight, he, it was never there for me. It was always, he was wrestling or fighting the other guy. Always. So he's got like the Triple H thing kind of going. Well, he's better at this than Triple H is at what he does. <laughs> but, you, but yeah, I, I, there are parallels there, yeah. So he's fighting the, the person you actually want to see. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. I, I mean, I, well, in in his case, it's really just John Jones, and then after that, like yeah. that made him into his own star, and then like he kind of just put over Stepe on the way out. So like in that way, that's that yeah. In that way, like he became a star in his own right off the strength of wanting to see John Jones fights, and you know how compelling those fights were, where like DC was beating him in, uh, in the early rounds until he wasn't <laughs> in a dynamic fashion. <laughs> like the tables turned dynamically. Uh, so yeah, um, you know the same thing. Like if Gustafson had, like you know, had stayed healthy and kept his kept his mind right, like he would have been a star off of the off that uh, that classic he had with John Jones too. 
It's just, you know, DC had a, you know, was able to keep the shit together and Guffs and fell off a cliff. It was never the same after that, pretty much. So in Probably. WWE news, um, well, go ahead and finish your yeah. thought. I was, I was yeah, gonna... um, you know, I don't want to see him wrestle. Stay the fuck away. I don't care. I don't, oh, I yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, yeah, thank you. You mean you don't want to see him come? Uh... Fuck no. <laughs> you out of your mind? Oh, man. Let you know how serious, um, how much, uh, how much, you know, Brock respects his business. You, you see him anywhere on a SummerSlam card? No. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I will collect my downside. I'm not coming into this <clears throat> bullshit. I wrestle big venues. You're lucky I showed up for WrestleMania to drop this fucking thing. Speaking of big venues, where I was actually going to head with that. So WWE has decided Raw and SmackDown and uh, most of the big shows going forward, like SummerSlam or any pay-per-views, at least through up, up till October. Uh, they're going to be moving from the Performance Center to the Amway Center or Amway, Amway Arena in uh, downtown Orlando. That's where the Orlando Magic play. Very nice stadium. Um, they've <clears throat> run a lot of events there in the past, including like the 2017 Royal Rumble, uh, 2000, uh, excuse me, 2016 Royal Rumble, 2017 WrestleMania weekend, uh, shows were there. Um, and apparently this was like a part of a mindset, like, you know, they thought that the reason the, the ratings, um, like this is one school of thought, you know, has been, they've, they've been taking a beating and not come back. It's the look of the show. Like it's the arena. And I think someone showed Vince the, um, the deal with putting the fans on the screen that the NBA is doing. He's like, we got to do something like that. So it's going to look like AWA Vern Gagne team challenge apparently. But, um, <clears throat> James, is it the arena that, that is, you know, that, that is, uh, causing, you know, the, the fans not to come back. Like, is it the look of the show? It's got to be that, right? Okay, so I'm not going to pretend that that's not a factor for why some people aren't watching, but I also am not going to pretend that that's not the main, why that is the main reason why people are not watching. <clears throat> the shows, booking, and storytelling, and star-making uh, machine is broken totally. So that is the biggest reason why people are not returning to watch, because it's a bad TV show. Whatever whatever genre of television you think it is, it is at the bottom of all of them. It's the worst it's the worst sports show you watch because you can't watch the fucking action because they keep flipping the camera so you have you keep getting um lost in, in a sense of a sense of a, of where you are and what is taking place. Uh and like the commentary is god awful and disingenuous and is not actually true to what is being what are you actually seeing, so it's the worst sports product you watch. You listen to dialogue and the stories and how they never pay off or the nonsense goal and they leave out details that were said in one week and move on and things are flip flop constantly. It's the worst drama, uh, you guys watch. Um, when they do the, 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 the stuff the that's comedy. funny, unless it's really like our truth or somebody that's like pretty much their job is to be funny, it comes off bad and mostly and mostly that's tone deaf and terrible and and sophomore so it's the worst comedy you watch also it's the worst of the worst of the worst captain yes sir um i've a couple of like things of um oh sorry i forgot i forgot one more genre if you are a person that watches like stranger things or watches uh 
uh, um, horror story, American Horror Story, or whatever else. It is amongst some of the worst thriller and horror elements that you see when it comes to the stupid fucking fiend thing. <laughs> so it's also the worst horror that you watch as well. Yeah, um, I I just heard like some rough details about like apparently like Braun Strowman and the Fiend have like switched philosophies or bodies or whatever the fuck is supposed to be, and like people are wondering if the Fiend and Alexa Bliss are going to fuck like. <laughs> It's like this is where we've we've gone with this. Ron Strowman also cut all his hair off. He's totally bald now. I saw that. He looks like a white supremacist. You know who else like a white supremacist? Who? Karrion Cross. Oh yeah, big time. He looks real American history X. Anyway, yeah. um Yeah, I, I saw the Strowman thing and apparently he said he was losing his hair. He I didn't was. he kinda I, I didn't feel like he was, Not but... From, no, no, no. Mel pattern in the back. He was getting the moon oh, from the back. He was like, getting the, but it was getting, yeah. you couldn't really tell because it was getting collected in the, into the mohawk, into the... Gotcha. Ponytail. But, like, you could see it whenever he starts sweating. That was... It's been there. Yeah. It's been there. Yeah, he looks um The hairline different. was strong, though. It was. Hairline yeah. strong. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it looks real different. Uh, not like a big baby face. I'll say that. Oh. Um... Nah. Which is why I guess he switched like with the fiend. I don't know, bro. I, I don't yeah, watch shit. Yeah, but. yeah. The dude with the dude with the with the freaking Slipknot uh, mask on. This is the uh, baby with, face with, with the disgusting looking white dreadlocks is the baby face, right? That's yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. Like yeah. maybe, maybe, just maybe, based on looks, it's a Hill versus Hill program. Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> then, of course, you know, I'm seeing uh, the retribution uh, folks on the timeline and so are they, raw underground. And yeah. I got a question. I, they have, they changed have out they changed the geek. size now. It feels yes. like they changed size. They're taller now. What, so what, like what? So like is anybody basically? Like, bro, like, so it was like, like last week, these people were like, they were like five foot tall, right? And now, clearly, there was one of them that was Brennan Williams. And then there was another one, uh, what's up to her? It was clearly Jesse that was one of them. Uh, you could tell by the hair or whatever. And, um, it's weird because, like, this should tell you everything's broken. They just, they don't have an idea for who the actual group is. They're right. just using like fill-ins until like well, that is time. Well, if they are Antifa, there should be many of them, and they and because they are no all centralized leader. I mean, right? There's no centralized leader, and they're faceless. So all the people, so all the people, it is. So it, if it is Antifa, like people were saying it wasn't before, they said no, it's not Antifa. These there's a lot of Antifa type traits or whatever. Amazing, else. Um, amazing. Yeah, uh, I I don't just keep them away from SummerSlam, I guess. Like, if I haven't watched this shit, keep them away from SummerSlam. I want to come with clean matches, please. And then you can do whatever on TV. And I can not watch that. Like, I, I guess we should quickly run down the SummerSlam card, shouldn't we? I we, we, we already were. Like, hold on. Let me, let me just um, pull it up here. Drew McIntyre so, Randy Orton. That's the true. event. That, like, doesn't excite me very much, but 
Um, I like Drew. He's going to work hard. Randy Orton, you know, when there's a title to win, you know, he may show up. <laughs> you never know. Um, but, uh, you know, they've clearly been angling this match for months. Yep. And we'll see how tall Drew McIntyre is, I guess. He's, he's taller than Orton. He's an inch taller. Um, yeah. Uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, Orton, the tallest guy on the roster. <laughs> he's taller than Strowman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that the match will be good. I think that Orton is somebody, I think that Drew is somebody that Orton would respect. Um, and to be fair with Orton, outside of the ring, he's been killing it. Um, he, he just has, like, he's doing the best promo work of his, of his life. And it's gone beyond just the edge stuff. It's now moved on to like almost every other week. Like, if you were to ask me who are the best two promos, like who has who has what what two wrestlers have the the most number of good promos this year? It would be Moxley and him. Um, like he, I don't know where this where I don't I don't know where this came from. Uh, I saw that he did this interview where he realized like that now he's older than like it's not the matches it's the promos that get you over and I'm like I feel like these are platitudes or whatever else and you're not giving yourself enough credit for the fact that you are a lot better in um than he was let's say before 2013 I think he's been a good promo since like t- or actually I think 2014 um, 15 like right around the stuff where like he was getting kicked out of the authority by Seth like that's when he was he was starting to cut good promos or whatever else, um, and he kind of like kept it in his back pocket and would bring it out from time to time. Like when him and AJ were out here like throwing fucking nuclear warheads on each other, um, going to WrestleMania thirty five. But um, yeah, I just I don't know what that match would look like other than it looking like every other Randy Orton match you ever seen the last like you know. Big slow WWE Vince McMahon wrestling. Yeah, like, and the, with, the like the last like. five in the last five minutes are great, and you're like, why can't you just do this for like twenty minutes instead of, or for fifteen <clears throat> minutes or twenty minutes instead of just five? Yep, exactly. Um, then we got Dominic Mysterio against Seth Rollins in a now named street fight. Um. So can so Dominic has to come to the ring with a stick, right? I, I'm like not they concerned. beat they they beat the holy shit out of this man the last time we seen him right yeah so he has to enter the arena with weapon right <laughs> well you said a stick when you said well, I'm thinking like nah bro you beat the shit I mean with with something like it's a street fight shouldn't he pull you know pull the uh, the gun <laughs> the Yuzuki Aikawa and pull a gun out during a no DQ match right hey at this point you know he might have to. You know, I mean, it's it's just like one of those things where you know it's gonna happen. Like they're gonna have a match, and it'll and we don't know what it's gonna be, but like inevitably you're gonna have Murphy come out, or Murphy and Austin Theory. I don't know if Austin Theory is you know healthy yet or not or whatever else, but um, makes makes a run in and all. He's not like, injured. I I didn't say injured. I said healthy. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm saying it without saying it. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. 
so what was I gonna say? Yeah, and then like it's Ray's gonna make a run in and make a save, and we'll see what goes from there. Like it's a it's a story where like the in ring stuff doesn't matter. It's about like what happens at the end with whatever story you're trying to tell with hurting Ray or hurting Dominic again, or if they're gonna like you know make you know rally and you know beat Seth. Like it's just. I just I, hope I, Dominic I feel, doesn't turn on his dad. That'd be fucking stupid. Like, where where were you to save me when your eye was out? You fucking um, goddamn idiot. Um, yeah, I just whatever. Like, it's it's Seth. It's it's a it's a green dude in the ring with Seth Rollins. It's like from what I've seen of of Dominic, he looks good, but you know, experience is, is a thing that matters. And like Seth. I almost I feel bad for Seth, except Seth keep putting himself in a situation where you can't feel bad for him because he keeps wanting to spot off and say dumb shit online or say dumb shit for internet uh, interviews. So whatever, like the match, the match, the match can be good or it can be bad or it can just be a nothing, nothing ass match to tell the next story, which is like why it's so hard just to get Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in the fucking ring for a regular ass match. Well, I've been waiting for that since the first week of I'm sorry, the last week, the last Monday Night Raw of September last year. We still haven't gotten it. They teased it over and over. They've had this bullshit ass eye pop out match instead of doing this. It's two. Well, of, it's two of the greatest wrestlers they've in ring in ring workers they've ever had in the company, and they refuse to let them have a wrestling match. They wouldn't do the same. Shocker. Styles. Uh, where's AJ Styles? Uh, where's the AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan I four nine match? Oh, why? Why are they having Seth do this? Well, I, I know why. Because AJ and AJ and Daniel Bryan probably tell Vince, "No, I don't want to do that dumb shit." And it's Seth. You know, if I if you know if I do this for him, then you know. They'll, they'll owe me. Like, you need to talk to Dean Ambrose and, and CM Punk about, about Vince McMahon and, and him owing them some shit. And did they ever get paid back? You might learn some things. The answer's no. You just get fucked and then, and then you out here cap for them while they out here ruining your career. I never, like, bro, would you feel sad if you never watched another Seth Rollins match? No. Same here. I, I've seen everything I've ever need to see. It only goes downhill from here, right? I mean, I'm, as far as like them fucking up his matches, yes. Well, well we've already seen we've already seen the peak of him. At this point, yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. I don't feel like he just like reels it back and can just like, you know, turn the clock back. Like, I don't get that vibe from him. Like, I, I feel- get I get very comfortable coasting, knowing what he has to do at this stage, like Junior Randy Orton ish. But like more athletic. Uh, I think he tries a lot harder than Randy ever did on a consistent basis. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say that to him. I feel like I mean even this year when he had the dumbass uh, match at last pay per view with the eye poke thing, he worked his ass off. That was a good match until you like oh yeah how do you win this match again? Oh yeah you got to pull someone's eye out. Never mind. Like <laughs> it's just he she tries hard. He wrestles very well. The, like he can like I feel like if he were somewhere else he would have great matches still, but. Like he's here, but he likes it and loves it. Right, so, so like, I don't feel bad I, for him. Ain't, ain't no excuses for right. him. Right, it's just he's another victim Thrive. of the system. He's another. He's another victim of the system. He don't even realize it. You don't even know it. Right. Um, so uh, look, I'm glad Ross didn't play that. I'm glad he did not play that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So what the fuck 
happened with this triple battle world? Why did Oscar win this shit? Oscar is having two separate matches for the Raw and the SmackDown title. She's fighting Sasha Banks in one match and Bailey in the other. I'm assuming it's for the same exact reason that they put the tag belts on Sasha and Bailey to begin with. It was we're on Raw. Charlotte's hurt, or Charlotte has some type of thing to deal with. Becky is pregnant. There's nobody to face here because Kyrie's leaving, and we don't want to shoot that. We don't want to do that, knowing that she's about to leave. So, like, you know, they have their problems with Shayna Baszler and Nia. No one wants to see that. <laughs> so it's like, how about Bianca? How about Rhea Ripley? How about Mia Yim? Rich. How about Rich? Anybody else? Naomi. Rich. Rich. This is WWE main roster ran by Vincent Mann and Bruce Pritchard. Those but, are all. Oh, good. but but Those James, I, w- I was told this is where the women thrive, and there's just all this opportunity for all these women here. This is what I've been told. Um, I think you were told that they have good matches. If that the, the division that you're about to try to defend doesn't, for the most part, which. That's kind of the case. Like, you know, I'm told it's, it's just so, so superior. You know, this is, this is, uh, I'm not seeing it. Oh, like, well, I would say this. If you want to, like, go roster for roster, <laughs> go, <laughs> good luck. Um, but, um, the thing with A, or not A, WWE's situation is they decided, like, we wanted, those two are gone. Those are two we actually ever wanted to push right now. So, we have Asuka. We respect Asuka. Not enough to actually, like, you know, really really push her. Just per- enough to keep her protected. Like, I think I feel like in an ideal world, they see her as a gatekeeper for the title. More than actually a champion. Which is like, well, you see what happened. The two people they would make champion left. And what happened? She became the champion immediately. Uh, so... They've had their stuff with um with Oscar and Kyrie and Sasha and Bailey and for the most part it's been damn good or at times even great uh in the ring. So I think the idea is this is how they blow it all off. Um is the story has been since like July, those two have came over and it's been Kabuki Warriors versus Asuka and Sasha. Kyrie's gone. We made we made TV out of this, and this is where it fit. This is where it goes from here. Um, like if you ask me, who do you want? Who do you I want to see on the SmackDown side? Russell, um, Bailey on television, or not television on pay per view for SummerSlam. I look at that roster and I'm like, how are any of these people better op- options than actually Oscar in a second match? I don't give a damn. Like if I like a Bailey versus Oscar match is going to be three and a half stars. Bailey versus Nikki Cross again. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Bailey versus Mandy Rose. Bailey versus Sonya Deville. Bailey versus uh, who else is over there? Naomi. Sound like this roster stinks. We always talked about that SmackDown roster stinking, and the, and the part and the bad part about it is like. The people that they could be using to elevate, they've stuck together and not elevated either one of them over the last four months. Like, this Bailey, I'm sorry, um, this Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville thing should have been meant to elevate one of them 
they've been stuck to each other on and off, not progressing either one of their careers or their storyline really for four months. They started at WrestleMania or ended at WrestleMania or popped off at WrestleMania. They're now having the first like real match. Amazing. Um, so between Sasha, the Sasha match and the Bailey match, there's no way in fuck that we get two clean finishes, right? No, 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 no. What would it like, like, what would the betting odds have to be to get two clean finishes on this? For me? For me to yeah. bet on it? To bet $100? Like, like, what if, like, what would the line say if we were, we opened the sports book? Like, I'm gonna bet on two clean finishes. It's like the longest of odds possible. It's like maybe. not just one bad finish, you might get two. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, mm-hmm. maybe three fifty. Yikes! Um, then we've got a singles match for the Universal Championship: Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Diesel versus Mabel says hello. They're gonna be better in the ring of Diesel and Mabel. Oh, wait, are they gonna have a regular match? Or what kind of match are they having? I don't know what they about to do, but well, does it uh, say anything about a particular stipulation or is it a regular match? Singles match. That's what it says. All right, if they have a singles match in the ring, the work will be better than Diesel versus Mabel. Uh, all right. Now, once you throw in the Bray Wyatt and the puppets and this Alexa Bliss nonsense and the, uh, what do you call it? And whatever nonsensical finish they do to get Bray Wyatt the belt back because of SummerSlam. I feel like the wrestling will be better than Diesel and Mabel, but it could be worse than Diesel and Mabel. And it's, it's an entire product and presentation. Do you disagree Lex with that? Luger you- versus, Lex Luger versus Yokozuna says, what's up? Oh my God. I will take Diesel versus Mabel, and they're gonna have to show me. Nah, bro. He think about think about how immobile Kevin Nash was, and then for him to talk about his back for like the last twenty five years. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not. No. Um. What else we got? Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Hair versus hair match. A hair versus hair match. I got brought up as a step when one person cut another one's hair already. Wow, such creativity! And by cutting someone's hair, it was really like she, they were, she removed her extensions. Well, Mandy Rose actually like cut her hair a little shorter. Okay, okay, cool. But so it looks like but, she kind of has like was cutting mom. extensions. Yeah, yeah. Um, this I, um, I have no idea who wins. Like I, I just hope they don't cut Sonya Deville's hair and make her look like Mel. <laughs> I was about to say that like. The person that really like it's a bad. I, it's, I think it's a bad idea for either one of them. But for Sonya, it's like the mystique she's she's the aesthetic and the mystique she's running with like relies on on her hair a lot. And like when she's if she's gonna be bald, it's different. Then what? Like, <sighs> like. Shouldn't have Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt have been a hair versus hair match if oh Strowman was going to cut his hair anyway? What? Yes, that should have been the case. But, like, you know, it's supposed to mean more because, like, it's, it's a crazy thing. Like, I saw that stipulation. I was just, like, like, thinking of, like, the women hair versus hair matches that I know of. And I'm just like, this is, like, you know how, I, I can't remember what ladder match it was, but you were like, after, I think it was after, um, the Lucha Bros, the ladder match of death, Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks from, um, last year. And you were like, 
the the ladder match like stipulation needs to be laid to rest for a while to let pe- let it let that shit breathe because they killed it that hard. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Women's hair versus hair matches, like, there is not a chance that this shit will rate. Like, this will not be Nanai Takahashi versus Arisa Nakajima from last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like right, like, the, be- the best women's match I saw of work- work-wise all year last year, not a fucking chance. This will not be Manami Toyota hey. versus Atoshi, uh, Toshi, remember. Uh, Yamada. No. Remember Goto versus Suzuki and Suzuki had to shave his own right. hair off. Right, right, right. But I, I, I was talking about specifically the women's hair versus hair. Okay. But, but, but yeah, like, just, there's, just no. <laughs> just no. It's not, like, obviously they don't really care about that, but it's like, you're gonna do a hair versus hair match on a mat, uh, like, on the undercard, and it's gonna mean next to fucking nothing. Like, a month. Also, it, won't, it, won't mean, it won't mean nothing other than, like, you look at either one of them a month from now and be like, why is their hair short? Oh, they had a hair also, like, Oh, okay. It's empty arena. Like, there's no fans to, right. like, react to this right. shit, like, which when the, the cutting point, is going which is, on. Which is the main point of a hair versus hair match is the reaction after it of, like, you know, people, like, being super happy or people, like, being in tears. I, I guess this is the world we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo Crews versus MVP. Two brothers fighting over the United States Championship. So, um... I didn't know Apollo uh, Cruz is back yet. Yeah, he's back. Okay. Um, I would have liked this to be Lashley here, but here we are. Maybe that's next um, month. I don't know. Yeah, I n- I have nothing on this. Um, <laughs> um it's it's okay. Do you think La- Lashley's not on the card, right? So Lashley's going to be ringside, right? Yeah, I would assume so. so. Okay, so I imagine Lashley is going to help help him win or. The odds get even by Ricochet and Cedric, and or Cedric finally turns on Ricochet and joins the Hurt business, and then we're off to the races with whatever that that uh, faction is. Um, but I feel like they're all just been in a holding pattern, trying to get back to Lashley versus McIntyre after the after you know, and like good luck. I mean, after the match that they had in the in the ring at the at that pay per view, like I want to see them wrestle again. I want to see them wrestle again, but it's like, you know, you just you just know what it is with WWE. It's like everything they do, they even plan for the future, eventually turns into shit. So why should I expect this one to actually follow through? Like after like after they had such a pleasant surprise of a match in the last pay per view that went to a that nonsensical finish, it's like to save face for a rematch is like. I've seen this how this movie goes. Like the last time you ever done one of these, it was at any bit good. Was like AJ and, and Samoa Joe two years ago. Yeah, then we got the um, tag team match well, for the I Raw take that Championship. Back. Last year, Becky and and Becky and Sasha and Helen Cell. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. But uh, like that's yeah. that's two in like rare, man. when they that's do it all rare. the time. They screw you out of finish the building a rematch all the time. And I, there's only two examples I think where it actually worked out for them in two years. Um, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Of course, Monsters Ford was poisoned. Um, and, this nonsense. This, yeah, I mean, that's nonsense. But like. You know how this got, how this all, the machinations to get to this rules, right? Not really. They had a match prior, and the champions beat the challengers. <laughs> so then, they were in a number one contenders match, where the challengers were, Andrade and them won again, so they get another, they get another shot. Where they get a title match now. Like, it's just, whatever. I guess. 
you know whatever like and now um, it's really kind of you know or inspiring screen it is like leaning towards the Zelina and Bianca thing so uh, maybe this turns into a a trios match or whatever a mismatch trio match I don't know like maybe that's a TV match it's probably a TV match um in the future I don't know like all four of them dudes try really fucking hard all the time you know it's probably that might be an opener I can see that being an opener a hot opener um, like this is on Dynamite, I'd be like, I can't wait to see his match, but this is, you know, this company. So, so that's the whole card. Um, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Right now, unless they add stuff this week, not a lot of SmackDown guys. It looks like um, on this show. Oh yeah. Okay. Title match. So everything else is like is from Raw. AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy's on Friday TV. The, yeah, that's why I said Friday. Um, and they. What about doing- Riddle? I don't know what Riddle's doing. I, I don't watch SmackDown. I don't watch Riddle, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was saying is like that match would be on Smack would be on SummerSlam, but you know they're trying to use these matches to suck you into watching instead of good luck pay per view. Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that'll do good as far as it's you know quarter hour, but like as far as retaining fans, like nah, anybody falling for that? They know your tricks. Yeah. They know you're using it. You're you, you're using you know. <laughs> Kyrie, like how is Kyrie gonna be written off as 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 bait for you to watch? <laughs> you know that like that Sasha and, and uh Oscar match was bait after uh, the last pay per view to get you to tune in to watch. It's like nah, bro. Eventually people get suckered in that shit, and then like you give them them garbage finishes, they'd be like nah. We learned. Like remember um, remember I told you like probably like going out of, uh, I got where WrestleMania was, but, like, people have gotten hit to this night after WrestleMania shit, and then sure enough, oh, like, yeah. the, the, very ne- the very next year when it came around, like, that shit didn't bounce back at all. Yep. So, um, this might be one, because that, maybe that's just how I feel, but, like, I feel like people are hip to this, you know, we are putting pay-per-view quote-unquote matches on or we're putting some of our pay-per-view matches on TV to get you to watch. Like, people are like, I don't care, bro. I'll just watch it later or on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was SummerSlam. Um, inspiring. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine, like, five years ago, this this would be our SummerSlam preview? Uh, you know what five years ago was, James? John Cena, or excuse me, uh, it was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker right. in the main event. Right. And... What else was on the damn show? I don't remember. But, but. Oh, no, let's do four years ago. AJ Salvers, John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seven years ago, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Brock versus um, Punk. Brock versus Punk. Um, 2018, the big man fatal four way. Yep. Um, yeah, man. Just I don't know, man. Like well, last I don't think... year was Seth versus uh, Brock and Remaxer, right? Yeah, After Brock cashed in on him. Uh, Two thousand eighteen. Um, Dean Ambrose came back to, for the uh, that's right from the shoulder from the elbow thing. They um, ran off the air, ran off the air like hose. Yep, that's right. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> That did, that did wonders for Bra- that did wonders for Braun Strowman long term, didn't it? Boy, <laughs> so bad. It's it's like we have like it's like we called this every step of the way. <laughs> kind of, kind of like yo, this is a bad idea. You probably should do this. Oh, you're not? No, no, not gonna listen to your fans. No, 
Okay. Well, if there's one thing they need to listen to us about, <laughs> that's right. Manscaped. Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And on top of that, we've got a little bonus thing for you guys. Uh, with the, you know, Manscaped, we are running a contest. Um, so here's, here's how that contest goes. So the first five people who purchase something from Manscaped and use our code and email us proof of purchase to social suplex at gmail.com will get AEW all out ordered for them courtesy of the social suplex podcast network. So one more time. So the first five people who purchase something from Manscaped and use our code and email us proof of purchase to social suplex at gmail.com will get AEW's all out pay-per-view ordered for them courtesy of the social suplex podcast network. So that's something we're like, we we're like just hooking y'all all the way up. So besides keeping you guys, you know, um, you know, safe with the advanced skins, uh, safe, uh, technology, uh, you know, giving you the 90 minute battery, the led light, you know, the, the 20% off, the free shipping, the 7,000 RPM, you know, the, the more, the, you know, the, the chargeable battery, like you get 20% off and free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code suplex. Don't forget about the all out pay-per-view contest. If you don't want to pay Tony Khan that money, that's okay. We will. So, um, you know, but you will get to see the show. All you got to do is, you know, hook yourself up, take care of yourself and, and you win. How easy of a concept is this, James? Seems very simple to me. Like, you know, I don't know what y'all waiting for. Y'all should have already like, you know, ordered this stuff before I finished reading this ad. So I'm going to just assume that y'all went ahead and did that. And we're going to go ahead and get, uh, you know, to uh, the reviews here. So, um, AW Dynamite, uh, like you said earlier, an okay show. I felt like everything just, like, kind of missed the level that it could have got to. Like, um, I like the uh, opener. I like the um, promo segments. I don't know. Something wasn't right, though. So um, we're going to start off. Um, the Young Bucks um, had a match with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I thought this was pretty good. This was like a three and a half. And um, they were working at a lightning pace. They started um, where they got attacked uh, before the bell by Uno and Grayson. And it was just, you know, the Young Bucks also pulling, like, you know, more solid ratings uh, between this match and the uh, segment, you know, with the Legends. Uh, this was uh, really good, and they ended up getting a flash pin on the Dark Order. Um, any thoughts about this one, James? No. Um, they have obviously good chemistry together, but um, I don't know if it's because uh, they weren't given another five minutes to kick into another gear, or if it was just super-duper hot or whatever else, but whatever the reason, it just stayed parked in a certain level. Um, it was, but it, you know, I wouldn't say it was a bad match by any means. It was a good match. It just wasn't a great match or even a match I would even call it very good. It was just, it was just a good, like, three and a quarter, three star match, which is like, I don't know if it's because, you know, 
there's so much wrestling or because so much of the wrestling looks the same because all these all these shows are like wearing out the same buildings but like I feel like we're kind of in this um at least from my for at least from my perspective like regardless of whatever people do aside of outside of like talking segments it feels like I'm kind of watching the same things over and over and over again um to an extent um mm-hmm. but yeah I you know they all worked hard it was a good match it just it something was missing like you said and I felt like that throughout the whole show Especially in the yeah. event. We'll get to um, So MJF was backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're. I, I'm going to ask something um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> when we get there. Okay. <laughs> or I, I'm going – or no, I'm not going to ask something. I'm going to I'm gonna decree something. Okay. Like, so, um, so MJF was backstage. He was making his way to the ring. He did a callback from when he walked backstage with Samoa Joe and NXT. That was a little Easter egg for everybody. Um, the announcers previewed the rest of the card. They went to a video package about, uh, you know, they were asking Hangman and Kenny who their favorite tag teams were. Kenny said the Young Bucks, of course, were his favorite team. And then Hangman was wondering, he's like, well, what about us? And then Kenny was like, we're singles guys. And, you know, just more, you know, stuff between them. Uh, MJF ended up coming out, uh, I was saying, I was saying, hey, yeah. the emo cowboy. Yeah. Like his feelings were really hurt because he didn't say that that because Kenny didn't think that they were a better tag team than them. And it's like I don't. It's, it's like is that plus it's like he doesn't like the young bucks. It's like I whatever match you're going to have is going to have a lot of stuff and detail involved in it um, that we're eventually going to get, but without conflict, really. Which is not really what Hangman does. Like, without conflict being brought to him from, like, you know, Matt Jackson, for example, um, going into Revolution, like, I don't really find the Hangman, like, the emo stuff in the passive aggressive stuff, like, endearing to me or particularly compelling, but it works for other people. Yeah. Really, uh, I was going to say, really like, does. it just does it for me. <laughs> He, he's he's for the uh like he like he's for the young folk like <laughs> I wouldn't even, even say that also another thing that also gets like annoying for me is like how many times do I have to hear Jim Ross talk about Scorpio Sky and Heyman being great athletes for their size when like Kenny is a better athlete than both of them and is bigger how many times do I have to fucking hear that I mean does, does, does that not get annoying to you not, it gets look, annoying to I'm, me. I'm not going to argue on that, but I think that's just a part of the, the packaging for Heyman. Like he's this hard, rugged, hard hitter. Like he's like Magnum I, TA no, no, no. and Stan Hansen or something. I understand that. But what is it about this one line that he throws in every other week about Heyman? But like that's, about his size, his size, like he's 205 pounds. What do you mean his size? <laughs> Like his thing, what? It just frustrates me because it's like his tag team partner is literally bigger than him and is a better athlete than him, and then Washington have to be at the Washington being tag matches every other fucking week, and like one guy's clearly the superior athlete. What are you? And you're talking about the other one. What are you doing, Ross? Look, that man's decided that Hangman is a cause of his. Like I, am, I ain't never heard him. Like I mean, he's put over Kenny a lot, but yes, yes. Like he clearly it's not. Yeah, and yeah. like 
that's what he should do. Like, you don't need to get over Kenny Omega like as much as you need to get over Hangman. You can watch them two in the ring and see the one is one is like you know, the way they position the whole thing. This whole entire thing is meant to get over Hangman. And it has worked splendidly, right? Like, pay no mind to the stuff I say about like what I think of his character. When they're out there in the ring and they set up these hot tags, the like his hot tag is is great. I'm not trying to take anything from Hangman as far as in the ring. But, and then I say but, right? I would say however. (laughs) This one thing, like, grates on me because it's like, it's not the first time I heard it or the second time or the third time or the fourth or the fifth. He says it all the time. Oh, he's been saying it, yeah. And it's like, how do you know what He gets mad when Hangman does, like, that moonsault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you're, you know, you're, you're taking a risk, kid. I, I, it was like, I understand how he feels, but it's like, I like everything he does about, or around Hangman, because you talk about the ruggedness, because he's a cowboy, and like, I, that's, a, that's something that, we've talked about this with, with Hang, with, uh, with Ross, like, Ross has to sit down with some of the young guys and find these traces of people from out of people that he's, you know, gotten over over commentary in the past. And the first thing we talked about was like, you know, with Moxley and, and Heyman was like the ruggedness of Austin. Like he like show him an archetype. He can he's, he can he's done before. He can just pull that out just off memory, off of muscle memory and go with it. And he's done that very well with those two. But it's just one thing that I keep saying is like this one needs to this one needs to be taken back behind uh, back behind the 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 the, uh, the, the woodshed. The, sorry, no, back behind the convenience. Daily's Martin, place. No, back behind the convenience. Martin shot. That's that one needs to just go. <laughs> so I'm sorry, yeah. I spent too much time talking about this. But so continue. Yeah, they they don't really have much else to say about Scorpio Sky either. But um, great athlete, just a great athlete, just a great athlete, elite keyword, athlete. Keyword athlete. Perhaps the best in AEW. Yes, perhaps. Except for the fucking Kenny Omega guy that's right fucking there on every show while Scorpio Sky is shown on the fucking TV on Dynamite like once at, is it even once a month? No. Um, <sighs> so MJF cut a promo from the ring behind his podium. Uh, he ripped on Moxley. He said that we deserve a better champion. He called Moxley an idiot. Told him he was scared of MJF and uh, he wasn't there uh, because of the assault last week. And then, um, Moxley music hit and then MJF sent, you know, the squad up through the bombs, uh, which was fucking hilarious because he sends these people all the wrong way. Right. Essentially, uh, Moxley runs in, fucks them up, gives them a paradigm shift. Uh, then Moxley cut, goes backstage. Tony Khan's hanging out in the background yeah, and shit, him. just looking over. Like, yeah, he, looks, he first he starts looking into the uh, through the the you know the the TV screen, he, the monitor he has, and then like once like Mike gets going, he like gets so compelled by the energy that he's like basically takes a step back, crosses his legs and arms, and folds his arms, and just like looks at it like, God damn, this is good. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. He like he actually went from like you know I'm doing this TV show to like I'm actually a fan. Like I thought that was I thought that was yeah. funny. So Moxley um, cut a promo. He said, uh, he said, if MJF thought they were even now, he's mistaken and more punishment was going to come at all out. Yeah. Another, uh, I, I like this segment. Yes, uh, I did. I, I, I did I too. Thought was, um, I thought it worked. Like MJF was awesome and Moxley was like even better. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is, but these last two promos, I just, I just don't like the material that MJF is saying. Um, 
because it's just like all none of there's not even a hint of truth in any of it. Like when he comes out there and says that like you know you want me to lay down for you, John? I'm like oh goddamn, fucking Booker Man stuff. <laughs> but like he delivers it so well, and then like he laid down on the mat, which like uh, you know that was a cool visual. Yeah, the visual, the use of the camera was cool or whatever else. But like what I really do like was the idea of like. He always comes from. He he still thinks he's in the fucking shield. He keeps coming up from the from the crowd. Go out to the crowd, and he actually this time comes out and then gives the DVT and like MJF sold DVT like a just like a just like the biggest sucker. He's like, oh my neck, my neck, my neck. He's like as if he's gonna you know he's gonna show up in the neck brace next week. That's how that's how badly he sold it. And I thought like, oh yes, he definitely he, is. Yeah, like he sold it so well uh, that I was like, you know what, like. I don't like what he's saying in the promo, but like, you know, the delivery is done so well and the way he just put over that dude's uh, finisher and like the part where like, you know, my MJF is smart, but he got out, but the smart guy also got outsmarted by the good guy. Like I was like, I, I really, I thought that was well done. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he started a petition to have the paradigm shift banned. Like, there's a change dot uh, org thing going around right now. I believe the AW Twitter account had had shared it or whatever. But so, so that uh, like, look forward to that getting brought up at some point. Um. So Alex Marvez was with Matt Hardy. Uh, he basically uh, they re- replayed Sammy Guerrero busting that that head open with the uh, chair. He said he's alive. He's not going to die. Uh, he said he's not going to be cleared until the next Dynamite, which is next Saturday. So Dynamite's moving this week. Um, so Hardy said he can't wait to get his hands on Sammy and make him bleed. And um, I'm thinking that this is going to be some type of death match or cinematic match. Actually, they're probably not going to do a cinematic match because he's just regular Matthew Hardy now. So they're going to do some type of death match at, at All Out, I would imagine. He attacked the ref because he thought he's wearing a hat backwards, so he thought it. Yes, um, yes, I forgot about he thought that. Thought it was Sammy, um, which is like you know they said they were going to have a match on Saturday, but after that happens, like he has to be suspended, given you know the time they suspended anybody of color that's put their hands on the ref so um i expect them to hold up to uh, i got hager out of there too for that oh okay i forgot about oh yeah that's right yeah so everybody every time they ever touched the ref someone's gotten out or whether it was swole or whether it was uh uh nyla and now um i forgot about the, about the uh hager one but yeah that too so it's like he needs to be gone as well and that's probably how to get themselves out of it to all out or whatever we'll see um i'm not particularly interested in, in this match i'm just not but what i am because i know sarah guevara is going to do some crazy shit so well I, i'm still trying to figure out like what kind of match is it like i didn't know what kind of match is it gonna be a regular rules match it's gonna be some like hardy compound shit or is it gonna be like some Bro. step match inside of the ring cracker barrel clash they need to go ahead and break it out for them and rebrand that shit like you know this year it's gonna be the cracker barrel clash it's going to be Sarah Guevara and Matt Hardy. But do you really, I, I, like, I know he did the one match with Darby, but do you really see, or actually he does the two spots during the two Darby matches, but do you really see Sammy as a, as a no-DQ, hardcore guy? Because I don't. 
he's a stunt man and he's also crazy. Yeah, he's a so. stunt. But you know, like, yes, he's a stunt man, so you can do the high spots when I roast, but like, it's different than like, you know, Matt Hardy that is liable to pull out a fucking cheese grater or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little well, different. I, well, I think, you know, if, if you look at Sammy, like, you can call him a pretty boy, right? This will like, it's break- tough man match. This will make him be a tough man, like, and then of course he'll have to jump off some shit and you know whatever. But I'm always down for you know, pretty boy, quote unquote, got to prove it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, would it actually work with him? Because like, he's still gonna look how he looks after this match. <laughs> That's never gonna change. Like, he still looks like a damn teenager. Well, you know, he got to try first. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we got the um, TNT Championship match up next. We got Mike Kyoto in the ring as the referee. James, when you saw Mike Kyoto come on the screen, what did you think of this? I, I literally typed into the thread like, Mike Kyoto, fuck these niggas up. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was irrationally happy to see a familiar face. Like, I, You know what it really was? It's like everybody in the AEW like, ref roster, aside from Aubrey, I think is a fucking clown. Like I feel like they get overran and pushed over in their matches, even though these are spots done in the match. But like I feel like they make everybody to be a fool except for Aubrey, like especially Rick Knox in these tag matches. God bless him. But he looks like he's always lost and confused, doesn't know like whose legal man is, and like and never like it, he feel like he's just there to count a pin. That's what he feels like. Like rules, what rules? I'm here to count a pin. But you know, Rick Knox enforces the rules on BTE. Like, like bro, he be looking so fucking confused all the time. I'm doing like Lord, dude. When's the last time he did a uh, a Lucha Bros match, bro? He did the um, he did the big eight man from a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, that's a free for all. I mean, a traditional tag match. Like, you, look, I had to look it up. It's not that bad for him in that match because any ref is going to get lost in like the, in all of that, right? Like, there's no ref that's going to that's going to rein in eight people. You can't you you don't have enough eyes, you know, to deal with that. But like, when it's just four people, when it's just four people, it's even more blaring. Of like, dude, what are you doing? But yeah, um, killed a, another ref or whatever else that we know is good at the job. So like cool um i don't know if he's officially signed or if it was just an appearance but okay i'm i'm probably i would probably count on him coming in okay well well, either way um (laughs) like like i don't think that it would embarrass kyota in the way that they like will embarrass knox or rimsburg at times so it's like i'm i'm perfectly fine with with um kyota there or yeah. doing some matches here and there, or whatever the situation is. I'm, I was happy to see him. So we have Cody versus Scorpio Sky. Cody comes to the ring with six managers, James. Six That's managers? That's right. Specifically managers? That's right. Dustin, Brandy, Allie, QT, and R. Or excuse me, five. Sorry. Uh, I, I got it mistaken. Uh, he, he comes to the ring with all of them and they're holding the big flag or whatever. And I'm just like, bro, how many people you got to bring out here for, for this shit, bro? Like, what the fuck? Like, hey man, he brought his fight camp. It's okay. I'm like, bro, man, like, let this shit go, man. Then Scorpio kicks the door down and comes out. Um, Scorpio Sky, of course, all these wins on for weeks and weeks and weeks on AW Dark, called his shot, 
on there. Um, then they have this match. Match is okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was great. Uh, I wouldn't say it was bad either. It was it was a good match. Um, Cody won clean uh, after eleven minutes. I felt like they could have won a little longer. Um, I, I I like you know the pace of it and all that. I I think it just should have went a little longer, and I think that it should have just went to a draw. But they threw that whole thing away, and I was not happy about it at the time. I believe even Floyd was not happy about this at the time. Uh, yeah. One thing that really got on my nerves was like. Bret Hart always tells this story about his match with the British Bulldog um, in, you know, SummerSlam 1992. About him being high the night night before? (laughs) Not that part. Not that part. But, yeah, that part is there for those that want to know. Bret, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. (laughs) But after the match, like, so Dave Boy obviously doesn't remember anything. So Dave Boy was supposed to look at Brett in the eye after the match and like really get that moment and milk it. And everybody was supposed to cry, you know, after they look each other in the eye. Mm -hmm. But Dave Boy Smith is like so caught up in winning the title, his wife, uh, 80,000 people in Wembley Stadium. This motherfucker forgets to look at Brett Hart and Brett Hart is furious. He's like, this fucker won't even look at me like, and like he blew the fucking moment or whatever. So. When I saw like Scorpio Sky and Cody at the end of the match and then the Brody Lee video just starts, I'm like, they didn't even get like to like like, stand up and and look each other in the eye or nothing. It's just like one, two, three, we beat you. Fuck out of here. Right. I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that. And and I know like I I might have like you might have seen me. Right. And it's it's like yeah. Like he's he's not a young boy, he's a guy in his prime, the prime of his career. Um they did this was the first time the belt actually felt like it could change hands. So I'll give them that. But yeah. They're and I know that they try to steal every second they can on this show for whatever reason. But it was just like really like Brody Lee's immediately cutting a promo like it's a pre-tape or how the fuck did he get the belt I don't know I I didn't like that part yeah I mean this this show had too much shit on it like and you know how I know they had too much shit on it uh the the ending (laughs) right they had to rush the fuck off air after they just beat Jericho so it's like there was one something there was something on this show that did not belong that should have been moved on to next week or put on dynam or or dark or whatever else. Like they didn't have enough time for the show and like that's what the byproducts is. We gotta cut off whatever we were doing with Scorpio Sky immediately to move on and it makes and then like to the viewer looks like he wasn't actually a somebody. Um so yeah, from that from that pre- presentation standpoint, that did hurt. Um it undercut, you know, what the work those two guys did, and I thought they had a good match. Um, I wouldn't say it was a great match, but I enjoyed the match. Um, I felt like they gave him something while he kicks out of his finisher. Um, how much does that mean at this point? Um, in 2020, <laughs> I mean, you know, Cody's a, Cody is an A's cosplayer. Like, it has to, you yeah. know, I felt like for, you know, in his mind, and for, you know, they're sitting there like, well, these my matches are eighty ass matches. I kick out if you can't my finish. That's a big fucking deal. Um, I think I think they're going to get around or a second match. I think we'll get another title challenge. I think you know 
And I think, you know, um, at that point, that could be the real time where, like, it's for real this time. He's actually, um, I think there's actually, like, legs to this where you can actually get him on, t- on Dynamite. Not fucking Dark, but Dynamite and have him, you know, win in front of people and get a reason to actually care about him. And I thought this could be a good first step. Um, you know, I know you and Floyd were, thought that the bell could change here, but I, I just never, I didn't feel it because, like, I don't watch Dark, so it's like... He's been doing this stuff, but like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, not on the show that like they even bother to fucking recap half the time. So it's like I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I I feel like if they were if they're if they're playing this who now, you know, set the course for it, then I feel like this is a good first step. So what do you like? What would you do with Scorpio immediately? Because I I seem to th- I can easily think of an opponent right now that really ain't been up to much. That's been you know just are you going to say Kazarian? No, okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Lance Archer. Um, so somebody's just been hanging out, and you know it, that's one of those ones where it's like, do you really want to beat either one of them? Or maybe you um maybe you have them. You know, get involved with like Ricky Starks and Brian Cage or something like that. Um, Ricky Starks, yes, because I feel like you can be Ricky Starks. Um, Cage, I don't think he should be like Scorpio Cage. Like pretty much everybody that's like that's ranked in the top five, except for MJF. It feels like all those guys that they have ranked up there with nice little records that have had title matches and have lost their uh, challenges. It mm-hmm. feels like those are guys that's like. I don't know where they where, where there's a neat obvious fit on on the pay per view card, but I could see you putting them on in some you know build highly build match like the on the go home show or on the come down show or after the pay per view, mm-hmm. but I don't know where they fit on the card. Like you know the the men's division because of, because of. Um, because of their, how tag, how strong their tag team stuff is, like when it comes to pay per views, like you you kind of have to put two paper two tag matches on the card no matter what. So then that leaves after that, like all right, you know Jericho's gonna have a match in some way, shape, or form. Um, and then you have the two title belt matches and the women's match, and it's like all right, where where are you if you're as an upper mid card man? You kind of like where does that fit, like? I don't know how to get Darby on this next pay per view card. Yeah, like, I, I, I think he's gonna fight. Like I, th- I would think it'd be Brian Cage, right? I imagine. I imagine so. But then it's like, all right, you do that as a Cracker Barrel class, right, too. So, so, so you do that, right? All right, so you do one of those matches. And it's like, okay, so then like, oh, people are gonna be left out. Pre- yeah, I feel like you know maybe they do a, a, a dope ass match on the pre show. Maybe that's what it is. But like, unless uh, outside of that, like, this seems like. You know, in that's not necessarily a bad problem, but like some of the subs got to be like, uh, you know, second from the top or second most important match or most important match on a dynamite. Yeah, like, put somebody I was, was going to say, put somebody like, in the main event and see if they see what they do. Like it sounds like they need to either add like more like secondary like Clash of Champions type shows or special some type of special events because like their roster is outgrowing the four pay per views a year yeah. Yeah. thing quickly. And, you know, um, like, I know everyone likes to get so protective, like, oh, we don't want to end up with a pay-per-view every month. But, like, I mean, you could do one every two months 
like <laughs> rather than every four months. But I would like it if they did have, um, you know, a fight for the fallen, a or they, you know, their clash of champion level stuff. They if they had four of them and they were all basically like in between the pay per views and like a perfect fit, like mm-hmm. it would it would make it easy for them to get to get destination destination stuff be able to get stuff that maybe not is would be would be fighting to get on the pay-per-view but we can get it off here and then you don't have to like feel like you're building forever to get to a thing like i feel like the perfect i, I feel like the perfect build is like that wrestlemania build where it's like you go kind of like from after elimination chamber and you just go like or actually if after wrestlemania kind of like after Royal Rumble to WrestleMania where you kind of have like 10 weeks or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, you kind of have an idea where you're going and then after the pay-per-view, boom, then you go like, it's like six weeks of like really building. And like that six weeks is like the good part of the WrestleMania season. Like, like it, it's, it feels like it's too far out because like at times, like, you know, they do it pretty well. NXT at times has in the past done it well, um, but it's just really hard. It just is like to get to a card and fit what you need to fit in to get it, you know, to not feel like it's lifeless and you're going through the motions like um, you know, luckily we had the um, Moxley goes through all of, you know, Inner Circle or most of all of Inner Circle to get to Jericho, right? but that's that's one example, but like for the most part, it kind of feels like they're wrestling to set up a few matches in like five weeks, and then what outcomes of that lead to the actual pay per view at times? And then like you know, I'm thinking of the the sorry the Hangman, uh, sorry Cody and MJF thing, and it's like God, that felt like it took forever to get to it, didn't it? I, yeah, well, yeah, because they didn't really start it until the new year started. Right. But it's like, you screwed like, they, they punted, they essentially, it feels like they punted, like, the first, like, six weeks of right. it. Right. Like, they, they had them doing, like, oh, well, you're going to fight the Butcher and the Blade and, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Which, Side quest shit. You know, stuff like that, but, like, as far as the actual build, like, but, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, so up next, we had the World Tag Team Championship match. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeat Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, and Marco Stunt was the manager. Uh, this was okay. Um, this wasn't, you know, this needed like a crowd badly. Um, this is all right. I, I didn't think it was like, you know, super or anything, but, um, they ended up getting the pin on the Jungle Boy. Uh, there was a lot of um, stuff with uh, Kenny slapping the shit out of Marco Stun and dragging suplexing uh, people all over this fucker. Um, yeah. Besides that, like, yeah, it's just like just another match. It seems like they've cleaned out the division. I was just about to ask you that um, in a different question. I was going to ask you because of the existence of FTR. In, in recent memory, like in the last like months or whatever, does it feel or six weeks? Does it feel like Hangman and Kenny are like just too OP for the contenders, like from the rest of the division? 
it feels like they're way too overpowered. And I don't mean in a bad way, just like they booked them very well, and now they have basically ran like through that whole entire thing. And like the only people like private party, best friends, uh, these guys, like they, but they never, I don't think they really got in there with like proud and powerful or anything like that. Um, they never, get, no, they never got in with those guys. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, they beat, uh, but they, I think they beat everyone else though. Well, yeah, I was gonna say it's like if if Santana Ortiz end up beating uh, best friends, that could put them in, you know, put them in the driver's seat to, you know, get a title shot down the line if Hangman and Kenny are to survive whatever they're dealing with pay per view wise uh, upcoming. Um, I think the road stops there, but if they survive longer, there, there is a, there is one more match um, at least. I think All Out is the time to flip the belts off of those guys. Um, like it's been ab- admirable what they've done, but it's just like, all right, we get it. Like, <laughs> like we, we, we ready. Like FCR or the bucks can take it from here. And uh, what do you think of this, this triangle match they're going to do? Because like, is it going to be a triangle match or is it? That's, yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. I, I don't know, but um, I would prefer just a standard tag team match. Because I'm just burned out on triple threats, and especially triple threat tag matches. I really don't know what to make of those. If anyone can do a great one, it's those guys uh, in FTR. But I don't know. That's a weird match Like to, um, to A, you're putting the Bucks and FTR in the ring already. And it's not the feature attraction, so I don't know. I would prefer if they just dropped them directly to FTR and then the Bucks got their own match against somebody else on the um, show. I would prefer that, but you, you're kind of looking around and you see where we are, you know, kind of getting to last call, you know. It's, it's kind of like you're looking around and it's like, well... Well, I can't say that. I was about to say something real lewd, but, um, <laughs> I'm about to say something bubbly. <laughs> like, some shit is like, nah, I ain't never felt that way. What the fuck are you talking about, James? <laughs> so, no, I'm not, I'm not even about to say that. Cause I don't even, I'm just, I'm just like talking out of, cause I'm half asleep right now. And I was going to say something like, wait, what? Excuse me? <laughs> uh, but no, um, I think. That is getting late in the game to try to find like a dance partner for the Young Bucks if the Young Bucks aren't in this title match. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <clears throat> it, I, I didn't really think about it until you brought it up. But yeah, it might just look. It might just be where it looks like. Well, where else would they go if it wasn't a, um, a triple threat match? So yeah, it's probably. I can see that now. I I, I didn't think about it, but yeah, I can definitely see why you think that. Yeah. Um, So up next, uh, Santana and Ortiz cut a promo in the locker room. They uh, they dragged the best friend's shit into the shower and poured bleach on their shit and said, it's only going to help your gear out. Shit was funny. Um, I I still think they're going to fight on TV. Um, I do too. So after that, we got the tag team appreciation segment. The Young Bucks and FTR are in the ring with Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson. Um, Matt cut a promo at the Rock and Roll Express with the original Bucks and set the standards for the Rockers, the Hardys, and the Bucks. Uh, Dax then put over the Rock and Roll and uh, Arn and Tully for setting the standard that allowed him to provide for his wife and daughter. I loved all of this shit. Uh, it was just awesome to see like the parallel 
kind of, you know, young and old teams um, uh, across from each other. Ricky Morton cut an awesome promo, uh, and he put over the FTR and the Bucks and kind of leaned towards the Bucks' way. Arn then got on the mic. He put over the Bucks, but it, he said the FTR is, is the real best. And then Tully was tired of all this. Yes. We are the world bullshit. Stop. I remember when he grabbed the mic and he said, y'all feel, well, can I, can I do the, can I do the Tully, please? Sure. He more or less gets on the mic and he's like, well, aren't we all feeling real proud of ourselves? Even though, <laughs> you know, we talk about who's the best. Tom Brady's the best. He's one more titles, everybody. What is there exactly to celebrate? I see no titles around the waist of no tag team inside of this ring now. And I was like, I was like, yes, everybody's being unpleasant. But Tully has said, I've had enough of the cap shit. I'm going to say what's yes. real. Y'all out here feeling bad. Y'all out here, you know, patting each other on the back. Meanwhile, somebody needs to go out here and prove who's the best. And neither one of y'all are the best. What is there to celebrate? How come Kenny and Heyman are out here? Why are we not around some real winners? He didn't say all that, but he should have said that. that. That was the energy he was bringing. Am I, am I, yeah. am I wrong here? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, Tully was like, uh, I'm not on this. We are the world shit. Like. I'm with the smoke like that. That's, that's what Tully Blanchard brought to this segment. The smoke. Um, he said he had a problem. I want to say this shit will not draw. We need tension. (laughs) (laughs) So he said he had a problem with arm for a year. So they referenced that, that old shit, long-term storytelling. He said, I don't even know what the hell this is. And he pointed at the nightmare family logo. He's like, you're hanging out with Cody. He's it damn near looked like he wanted to tell arm. He was like, you're out here selling your soul. Like, Hey, laying down with the roads. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then he said, you know, you interrupted my guys match it all out. And then, you know, he said, I don't even know what this shit is about. And then Arn was like, well, I see how this is going to go oh, that's as, as he sees yeah. Sean Spears coming out. Then, um, you know, after that, the, um, they did like a, like a kind of pull apart away from like, uh, FTR, but FTR was in the bat. It was like some well, type of commotion. It was a commotion because, um, Either Gibson or Morton socked uh oh Tully socked Tully yeah. in the jaw and then yeah, it was, yeah. and then you know the scuffling trying to break it up, um bald uh hurt tweaks his knee again from the injury from two weeks ago. He and, faked and, his knee injury. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been wearing that knee brace since he was in WWE. But well, you know, he he took the knee. brace off. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah okay, well yeah, I get you mean like he sucking him and then you know. Yeah, and and then like um you know Dax is over there on the ground, and then Cash comes up to him like you ready, and then the Rock and Roll is in the ring with him, and they bash Ricky Morton upside his goddamn head with the uh, knee brace, and then give him the spike power driver, and the Bucks are like twenty feet away, so they can't get there in time uh, to save him. Uh, super power driver, hell of a bump for Ricky Morton, and I want to see FTR versus uh Rock and Roll on Dynamite uh before All Out. Well, I mean, we kind of wanted to see. Oh, in my mind, when this happened, I was like, so they're doing another like someone beats up Ricky and, and Robert on behalf of the Young Bucks. They did this back in November, but um, like yeah, I would I wouldn't mind seeing you know one of these teams that. Yeah, uh, that do the next time they do this, if they do it again in um in the next year or whatever, like 
them have the match and then like eventually like the the rock and roll express on dark not on dynamite on dark have a rematch have a revenge match whatever else and then they get sent sent off or whatever else and lose for heat to build towards whatever's going on with whoever whatever hill team is fighting the young bucks i like i don't know if i, I would no, like to I see that see sometime in the future but i don't want to see them on dynamite oh i, I want to see I think it, it will, i think it will, i think it will not draw it doesn't have to like this is like oh so this, now oh, so so now so now this it's okay not to draw okay it, right well the thing is like it will have interest like if ftr wrestles the rock and roll express no. like that's like that's like For a the over 50 super crowd match. that look that would be NXT finally in the no, demo. I think when they were teaming up with Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan, that was a thing. People wanted to be there and see that shit. Like but that's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Them, but FTR is literally the guys they used to wrestle in the eighties or whatever. They're them. Like that would be like the you do a five minute match or whatever. With them and let let them run or you know do whatever and do tell them to shrink like a southern style tag down into like five to seven minutes. I mean, and, I saw and then uh, destroy them at the end and have FTR win. Look, I saw um, I saw the Rock and Roll Express wrestle. Was that last year? When did they have that match against Alvarez and um in in Lawler? Was that last year? Or was that two? I think years? it was like two years ago. Two years ago. In a way, like you know, and they still do the NWA stuff like. They can still go ten minutes if they if they need to. Um, my my Look, thing if, is I'm wor- my thing is I'm worried about like then you have the young bucks manage them. Like okay, I feel like it could work if and only if you build to it over like two or three weeks and not as like some one off thing you're doing. Like if you put over that like the you know and I mean like video packages, interviews, blah 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 blah, all the stuff to build like a big match. I feel like it would do well on it would do fine on TV. But if it's just like oh they beat him up and then like they're off TV like the next week and then like the next week they show up and they say we want to match next week and like so four weeks after the beatdown, like I don't think that would just out of no I don't think that would actually do anything for them. I think um, they would have to express like like the Bucks would have to be like we want to fight them on your behalf and be like no like we don't need y'all to fight our battle we can fight them we're so active we can run it with them and then they get their ass fucking like fucking drilled essentially yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like oh shit like the Bucks really got to step in and fight these these and, dudes you know and there might be a thing where like they haven't played that card because like they don't want to necessarily write them off quote unquote of TV yet because once you whoop their ass you can only get one out of that you can't get a mm-hmm. bunch of that out of that right so, right you know uh, they've been judicious with it which I appreciate yeah um, I, I I thought this was brilliant that angle so like I don't know where it's all going but I hope it's going to a match <laughs> um, so Marvis was backstage with Kyoto and Jericho came in. Uh, Jericho basically said he saved Kyoto's job 18 years ago and he wants Kyoto to call it right down the middle tonight. Wink, wink. Uh, Mike Kyoto said he was going to call it down the middle. Jericho said, uh, when he gives, you know, the signal, he needs him to call it down the middle and maybe he'll get a, a job at AEW. So, uh, we had the Butcher and the Blades. Hold on, hold on. We're not going to skip past Jericho in this backstage segment. I'm talking about how 
his 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 jacket gets progressively oranger every single week in a, in a fucking inexplicable way. Like, first off, why aren't, why haven't you watched this thing? I thought you had money. Like, look, is Jericho? No, he doesn't, I, James. That's why he was wrestling for the seven thousand dollars. He needed Jericho, that. No, that's because Jericho's a dick because he's a cause he's an <laughs> asshole. Like that's 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 different. That like that fits the aesthetic of look. I may be rich, but you're gonna pay for this because you did this to me, and, and I'm a, and I'm a jerk, and I'm gonna make, I'm, you know, whatever. I, I I'm okay with that. That makes sense to me. That tracks. But the part where like the the jacket gets like, you know, you ever seen concrete that's like uh, concrete that's by a sprinkler system, and like over time as as that that non regular water keeps hitting that same concrete and the sun keeps beaming down on it all of a sudden that shit turns more and more orange over over time like that is exactly what's happening to Jericho's jacket it's fucking inexplicable like is there a sprinkler system hitting this fucking jacket every single week what's going on here this like the spray tan is like you know it's like the man water sprayed down with with that joint on I fully expect next week for that man to show up wearing a Donald Trump face coat (laughs) not 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 what he's been wearing that gets orange every single week but literally like it's a it is a screenshot of Trump's face superimposed over his entire uh, jacket and he just plays off like it's the same jacket what yeah what are you looking at? Um, so up next we had Hikaru Shida versus a wrestler named Heather Monroe. I had never seen her, but she impressed in her uh, short time. Uh, this is a squash. Um, Shida basically got her out of there with a stretch muffler, which I don't believe she previously used. Says she's ready. Yeah, I don't think I ever seen her do that in America, but yeah, um, or in AEW America, whatever. Um, yeah. It was, a, it was a squash match. So all out, uh, she uh, Shivani said all out's coming. Um, she said she's still waiting for a challenger to bring it on. So I would think it's either Nyla or some big free agent off the street. Those are my two predictions. Okay, so if it is door number two, who would you think would be in play for that? I think that everyone that they've that everyone's thrown out on Twitter uh, pretty much is in play. Like, and the only person that's not there thus far, like, they wondered about Nicole's voice. She's already been in. Mm-hmm. Um, they wondered about Rachel Ellering. She's been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanya Arconti, she's been in. Thunder Rosa has not been in. Ah, okay. So, that would be my prediction. Okay. So, um, we'll see. Yeah, let's see what they do with the Carl Shida Open Challenge. Let's see. Um, then Jake Roberts was backstage with Lance Ar- Archer, and this shit was fucking nuts. I, so, I so these this. these jobbers decided to walk in front of the Murder Hawk Monster <laughs> for whatever reason, and Lance Archer does not play such disrespect. Beat their ass, and then all of a sudden Jake. Robert's like, you know, is wearing this shirt and now Archer rips off the shirt and a $200 shirt apparently. And it is everybody dies is painted on Jay's back for some reason. So like, I don't know why this happened, but it was fucking hilarious. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, I, w- I didn't necessarily laugh. I was more confused. Like what? Okay. So 
like Jake is what six what six 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 three what what he's tall as fuck Jake tall as fuck he at least six six yeah yeah Jake's tall as fuck okay yeah all right so and that's the first time I think I've ever seen Jake be quote unquote bullied in wrestling because he, he pretty much bullied him. Like, take off the shirt. I don't want to take off the shirt. So he <laughs> had to take off the shirt. And then, like, you see the writing on his back. It was like, so who put that on Jake's back? Right. Like, did Archer, like, color that shit in for, like, hours? Like, like what's going on here? Yeah. What kind of relationship is this? Y- yeah. That's, that's kind of where I was trying to figure out. I'm like, I... You know, we talk about legends getting embarrassed, and it's like they beat the shit. Out of, they beat the shit out of out of uh, the Rockwell Express, and then they out here. They, they, they out here they putting are, stuff on. They drawing on Jake. It's like what, bro? What's, I, I thought that was something to me. You didn't embarrass the legends and shit like this. What is this? This is uh, all brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what this means. I thought like. You know him. You know him beating up uh, people backstage. Like you know he does that, but you know, yeah. I I just thought it was weird. I didn't think it was bad, but I just thought it was weird. Yeah. Uh. So the deadly draw semifinals are on Monday. So we've got uh, Base Wolden, Nicole Savoy against Allie and Brandy, and then Ivalice and Diamante against Tynara Conti and Anna J. The winners will be on Dynamite on Saturday in the finals. So we'll see what happens there. But um, they announced FTR versus Private Party. Uh, the Elite, meaning Kenny and the Bucks, versus uh, Silver Reynolds and Alan Angels. So that's going to be dope. Uh, the Deadly Draw final, as I mentioned, Darby Allen will be in action. Uh, Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade are teaming back up against Jurassic Express and Natural Nightmares. So uh, we get QT and Ray Phoenix uh, in the ring together. So, you know, men of similar abilities, you know, going at it. Lucha Libre icons, uh, you know, uh, who else we got in there? Um, we got Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT title uh, for Saturday Night Dynamite. So, um, yeah, big show. I have nothing to say. After you said that shit about about uh, QT Marshall and, and Phoenix being of similar uh, talent level, I just like <laughs> I just let the shit go. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna figure out if he, I'm gonna see if he's gonna crack or or break out laughing, or if he expects me to blow up in ra- in a in a rage or whatever else. Nah, bro, you got it. You got yeah, it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's taking a while, but I see James has finally come around. So uh, no, I have not know. come around. I just think that it's such that you know you basically told me the sky was red. So I was like, well, I'm, gonna argue. I'm not going to argue with this dude. Like this dude know what it is. He's just trying to mess with me. He's not going to harass me. I'm not. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not putting up with it. So like, I'll let you get your shit off, and you know, hopefully we can move on. So we've got uh, the $7,000 obligation match. Orange Cassidy gets the big, big victory over Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho mailed this shit in. You think he mailed it in? Yes. I thought you were going to ask me if he was if he was done as a, as a great main event wrestler. I thought that's what you were really going to ask me. Nah. I, I'm not going to go that far, but I mean, it, I mean so you, you know. So you really think this is some Ric Flair, Scott Steiner shit? 
I think it was a situation where Jericho was probably getting like pressured all week because obviously he played that concert. Um, so he was like, people were blowing up his, his mentions. He was trending on Twitter. Uh, people probably within the company, I would assume asked him about it. And, you know, uh, it was like, yeah, you, are you going to pass your test? Yeah, you'll pass your test, but it's like, not foolproof essentially i think there he probably had a lot on his mind going into it and he just didn't um submit his best effort he looked out of shape okay so i thought you meant like he 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 had a bad match he was sandbagging orange cassidy okay you just mean like he i think he just mailed it in like not not like not like he was trying to in, i mean like he don't give a fuck Okay, nah, like, I, I think he cares, right? Uh-huh. But I think he just had a, he just had a night where he was just like. An off night. Yeah, okay. very off night. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think we might have to have, start having discussions about, like. Because <sighs> last match they had to go was great. I loved that match. Yeah, yeah. But. Right, right, right. Um, and I agree. Um,. But as far as I guess the I guess what I'm asking is like or not asking like I think we already know like can Jericho roll back and give you a four star four and a quarter match these days I don't think so I think like the best of Chris Jericho now is like you get the three and three quarters ma- match now I think that's where we are with him I think that's where maybe we are. I think that's where we are in his career I mean because it's pretty much all he that's pretty much what he's been pulling out. Like on pay per view and AEW is like three and three quarter level matches, and it's not bad. It's like that's like I feel like I feel like honestly, if you get a three, depending on the company, like if you're in all if you're in New Japan and you go forty fucking minutes, that's another story. But if you're but if you are um, if you tell the right story, you have the right you know um, the right story or whatever else, you can get by with the main event being three and a half. Three and a half, and that's per, and that's good enough. Like, in my opinion, um, it, I feel like your undercard would be fire. But you know, I feel like you can't say, "Oh, you you know, you gave me some shitty twenty minute three and a half star match." I don't really think that's necessarily fair. And if you go longer than that, and then you're on your own. Yeah, I I, I think some of it was like, I, I think he like just was like, I'm not going to try that hard tonight. Like, huh. like maybe, um, like I know a couple minutes ago, I said, I, I think he tried, but I don't know. Cause like, it seemed like either it was ability that was stopping him or himself that was like holding himself back because like, there was just moves that like you would think Jericho would just be able to take in a fucking heartbeat and he just wasn't like yeah, all the like dragon screws. Yeah, and- the dragon screw thing was a mess up. Like, I, I, I mean, another thing with Jericho is like, Jericho's still out here calling shit in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also another, I think it's also, you know, um, they were probably rushing too. Yeah. And that's another thing was like, you're calling shit in the ring. And I don't mean just like tonight, like Jericho typically, like the Scorpio Sky, for example, he was calling that shit in the ring with Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like that's you know that's his thing. He's earned the right to do it. Um, but I think you know I feel like Jericho with the younger talent, um, and given the way they kind of do things, I feel like he'd be better off. 
uh, more times than not, just going with, you know, they come up with ideas, or maybe, you know, he's rustled so long, chair shots to the head, maybe he can't remember none of that shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel I feel like you would get better matches out of Jericho Sisley if they planned the shit out ahead of time before before going out there, but, you know. Uh, I think this came off flat, like the finish, um, and it, it wasn't the big win Orange Cassidy needed. If he needed to win, it needed to have the energy of the first match. Uh, I don't know really how much this did for him uh, in that sense. It's like, oh, wow, he beat Chris Jericho. Cool. But both Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, I don't know where you send either of them right now. Yep, same here. Um, and you, did, like, you didn't do this at all out. So what are both of these guys going to do? Are they going to do like a six man between I, them? Like with Jericho and PNP against orange Cassidy and best friends and like some type of street fight or something. I could see them. I can see them doing a, a trilogy and have the trilogy at what's it called? All out. Yeah. Like how, what else can they get to fast? What else could they get to in this amount of time to get to that? Like that's the beginning of September. Yeah, they have to figure something out. Um, but like AEW does not do the or for like top level fuse, they do not do the. Oh yeah, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get it all done in three weeks. That's not their thing. Uh, I know Pac and Orange Cassidy got booked relatively quickly, and that was like the last match to get added to Revolution, right. and that wasn't a money match at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed in this match and like Jericho overall. Like it was like, man, I, I would have think you would have went harder. But I don't know. I think he had a lot that he was thinking about going into that match. Um, I was really excited for this show, but I can't call it great. But I can't get too mad at it because it was like it was still you know a good show. But it was I thought everything else. I, I literally thought everything on the show could have just been a little better yeah it was a it was a show that i would describe as good but did not meet expectations given the card yep all right um i don't have the <laughs> i really do not have the stamina to uh to go through all of nxt i'm just gonna go through uh the stuff that i thought like fucking sucked and then <laughs> because like the stuff that was not that didn't suck that there's really nothing really to mention aside from like the Io Shirai and the Dakota Kai stuff but um basically the show opens with uh Karrion Cross versus Danny Birch Danny Birch is one of the people he murdered uh that Cross murdered last week um in retaliation for Keith Lee not Fighting to Fennell to get a uh, a match with uh, a title match with Cross that Cross hasn't earned yet. So uh, they bring out Birch. Uh, he gets a he throws him around. Birch gets a couple spots in, and he throws him around again and pins him. Um, out comes, or he's about to walk out the ring, or he's out the ring, and then out comes Keith Lee. Keith Lee has a contract in his hand. He says he's been begging, he's been begging and pleading for weeks or, or all week along to Regal to get the match. You have the match. I've already signed the contract. Here's the contract. Slides it out the ring to um, Scarlett. Uh, he signs the contract without ever take looking at the contract. Just 
looks basically staring eyes through uh, daggers through Keith Lee in the ring while signing the contract. Scarlet grabs the the brief or the contract binder or whatever the fuck or portfolio whatever kisses it and then slides it into Keith Lee. Keith Lee lifts it up, opens it, and a fucking fireball comes out and hits him in the face and he falls over and sells like bloody murder and it. They keep the camera on him selling it forever. They don't go commercial break, which would have been a perfect time for going to commercial break. They sell it forever. They keep it on there forever. It's fucking ridiculous. The refs are coming out to look at him, not the fucking trainers or the, or, you know, the EMTs that are, are nearby. And it just looks awful. And then what they do is as they, t- as he's going to the back and he doesn't want anyone to touch him, he's fucking angry, but he's hurt and he's blinded, but he's angry and he's moving around, but he can see because he's moving around, not running anything. It's like, whatever. Um, as it's happening, bro, it I saw this give come across the timeline and I was like, oh my god. That's not the worst part of it. The worst part is the selling and how long they stayed on it. Like, they stay on him from what felt like the duration of what would what should have been a commercial break the whole time. The whole machinations of him getting to the getting from in the ring to the to into the uh, um get to get some help backstage, and then like they bring out Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, um, and they go to a split they go to a split screen on the screen, Rich, like double picture side by side. On the left is the champion. On the two side is Drake Maverick, who we haven't seen since. Uh, he got fucking murdered, or not, or no, not to the back, since he, you know, basically lost the feud and got basically, you know, uh, little boyed by, uh, Santos, he comes out, now comes Kelly and Dane, they rush for like one minute, they go to commercial break, and then they say that Keeley's been sent to the hospital, and then they, and then, all of a sudden, like, Maverick and uh, Dane keep go for like another two minutes, and then uh, actually I take it back. They come out of commercial break. They show Keith Lee in the. Uh, they don't show Keith Lee, but like he gets hauled off out. Um, the ambulance part, ambulance pull, ambulance pulls off, and as they pull off, another car pulls in, and it, and they get out. It's undisputed. They get out. So they cut to from split screen to full screen. They go like one minute. Then all of a sudden, Undisputed comes in and clears the fucking ring like LeBron Strowman or Kane. Like we put this bullshit out in the ring. You're not, you're not supposed to give a fuck about it. You're not supposed to give. A, you're not supposed to care at all. And then we're getting that bullshit out of the ring because we know you don't want to see it. And they own the ring. And then he cuts his promo on uh, McAfee saying, "I, I want to. I am the longest reigning NXT champion of all time." And that. Uh, take over 30, I'm going to whoop that ass. He literally said, whoop that ass. Like, two weeks after Keith Lee said he was going to whoop that ass. It's like, one works for Keith, this works for Keith Lee, that does not work for Adam Cole. Adam Cole would say, I will whoop your ass. Whatever. Um, so, I'm trying to think what the fuck else happened after this. Um, yeah, bro, when I saw that, um, I'm so on this flamethrower shit, and I'm like, what is this, man? <laughs> Watch. Like, oh, here we go. So then last week, uh, like they, had, they you know, um, El Legado del Fantasma kidnapped and whooped the fuck out of uh, Fandango and um, Tyler Breeze, especially uh, Fandango. Um, they hurt his shoulder. Uh, 
So it is um, Santos versus Tyler Breeze. Santos comes out last with Wild and with Mendoza. He tells them, go to the back. I got this. He takes 80% of the match. At the end, Breeze gets one comeback. Those fuckers came from the back and immediately ran out. Got on the apron. He clears them off the apron. And then Santos beats him with his, with his, uh, uh, his Michinoku driver finish. Uh, calls him the Phantom Driver. And I was like, okay, so that's two nothing matches in a row. Um, I think, I think, uh, they whoop on him some more. And then Outcast Fandango on an arm sling, they whoop his ass too. So there's that. Uh, oh, yeah, until Swerve makes a save. I forgot about it. Swerve makes a save, actually. They're whooping on his ass, and, uh, those two actually make the save or and whatever. Basically, Swerve saves the day. Um, they're going to have a triple threat match next week, and then eventually they'll get around to, uh, probably on the go home shore or the night or the, uh, weekend after SummerSlam, they'll finally do the Cruiserweight match. Um,. Me and him basically squashed Indy Hartwell. Uh, Finn Balor, he does a promo. Um, I heard about this. He said something that I thought. I don't care if you're 18 or 49 or in the nursery yes, home. That's what it Everyone's was. watching The Prince. That's no, exactly what man. Said. H- have you seen the ratings, Finn? Right. They are not watching The Prince. Right. Right. Um,. Like, he has fully diverged on from being, like, a hitman to this strategic, or, to from turning on from being this strategic hitman-type character that, like, knows what he wants, goes after it, and gets it done, to, like, being, like, exactly what you've complained about him being. Like, he's, like, it wasn't like how you complained it to be, like, when you just made it, like, well, he's just one-dimensional person that, like, says insidery shit. Like, now he actually is. Like, a month ago, he was not this person. Now he is. <laughs> It's so fucking annoying. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna do all these shoot promos, brother. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. so McAfee. I like, I like when MJF did it, but nah, I don't know. I don't hit the same. Tomorrow, hit, what? What shoot promos? Like, well, I'm saying like oh, you don't the do, the, do the insidery. But, but the thing is, like, it, Finn Balor a month ago and MJF, like, they said one thing that like. It wasn't like that's all he's doing. Mm-hmm. It was like there was some more. There was actual substance to it. Like this was like it was like if like the character is he, he's a hitman. He, he he's basically a person that is like a thinker and is trying to take people apart. He's cerebral and like he says one thing that one thing that might pop someone that's a that's a you know a a dirt sheet reader or whatever that knows vernacular and like he says that from time to time. Like now it's like. He got main rosterized uh, this week and was like, "Nah, just say, just say the line, just say the line. Don't worry about the, don't the worry about the character. Just say the just say the lines. Don't worry about the other stuff. Say the lines. All sizzle, no steak. Anyway, um, me and him, Indy Hartwell, uh, Indy was not good in this match. Mia was squash. Uh, so let's see." Bronson Reavers, Damian Priest, 
fun match while it lasted. Uh, Could have went longer. Um, they're beating the shit out of each other uh, with strikes. Um, they he goes up for his finish. Uh, Bronson Reed he's gonna give him a big splash, but as he he goes to give him a big splash and he slipped off the ropes at the last second in. Um, Priest was supposed to uh, roll out the way, but he so he rolls out the way, but you know, uh, Bronson Reed slipped, so he's short, so like his legs clipped him, uh, so he has to no sell it or, or sell it very very slightly, and Priest still gets up and keeps going. Um, so he goes, uh, he's about to go for his finish, and basically uh, he just rolls him up and gets a, gets a surprise win. Um, so it was like, they're keeping the momentum going and still protected, uh, uh, Priest. I actually liked the finish. I thought it was like, yeah, like give the dude something. He can be beaten. It's, it's Damian Priest for fuck's sake. Um, so after that, get a vignette from Dakota Kai, um, where she just gaslights you about like how good she is by saying that like she's she's done all this on her own, which is like I, I watch the same TV show. I watch the TV show. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you never fucking win unless someone wins for you. Um, like you know, last week, you know, like she said that she beat <laughs> she said she beat Rhea Fair and Square when it was like, and then in the video package like they cut out the part where like Mercedes Martinez runs in and fucking clock, clocks Rhea is like it's like can I get the heels to have like one shred of credibility to make you like you know think they're like they're actual human being as opposed to like just fucking straw man person <laughs> whatever um so then we get uh, Cameron Grimes I gotta tell you Cameron Grimes like I'm starting to like Cameron Grimes' character which I never thought would have happened like he's so annoying that it's funny it's endearing it's starting bro to- you know who he is he's Adam Cole before they pushed him or whatever like he's the guy that was underneath all those other dudes that was like making him look good and he's a phenomenal wrestler Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he's at, he's who Adam Cole was when he was a North American guy. Uh, I feel like he's more dynamic than Cole was in matches at the time. Uh, but I see what you mean. Um, I never thought, I never got the feeling that Adam Cole was annoying. I just felt like he was, he was just a heel. Um, with, with, uh, with, with, uh, Grimes, it just felt like this fucking hat, that look. He never. He has no credibility because he never beats anybody clean or or beats anybody worth a damn clean. Like I just, he's just a guy that's doing the job. But like, but he has good matches. So it's like I respect. Like once the bell rings, people get into him. But like his character sucked. Like, but he's doing these promos where he just he's just loud and country and annoying as fuck. And <laughs> he's like, I'm going to the top of the moon, baby. Woo, Kevin It is like it's almost as if like he is like. How can I be exactly what Vince McMahon originally thought AJ Styles was when he first heard him talk? And then, like, turn it to 11 and, like, do it in front of Triple H. Like, that's almost what the character is. (laughs) So, uh, but anyway, but he keeps saying his line. He has his new line because he said it, like, last week, too. I'm going... 
I'm going to the I'm going to the moon. He gets to keep saying, I'm going to the moon. He need since he's from North Carolina, he needs to just say he's going to the front of the line. <laughs> that somebody needs to get him this show. I'm Cameron Grimes. It rhymes too. I'm Cameron Grimes and I'm going to the front of the line. North Carolina, go ahead and raise up. I believe that's like the second week in a row I've mentioned oh that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, so, uh, okay, so we're gonna get tag match between, um, Mercedes Martinez and Leah single A versus Casey and Lacey. And it's more of the same. You see Casey and Lacey, and they Lacey. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Casey and Caden. Caden, you know she used to be Lacey Lane. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Caden Carter. Uh, yeah, Caden Carter. Okay, so like, <laughs> so I keep why do I keep missing her name with a porn star? Okay, so um, you, you see them, they get the scraps of this division like they normally do. But like they're in there. When they're in there, they're very good. Um, they have how do they how do they get any better doing this? Well, because bro, how they've been like they've been doing this type of thing, and they show up like it seems like once or twice a month, or, or, or once, I, a month, once a month, maybe like once a month, and then it's just like, oh. well, remember they used to be on the Largo Loop all the time, yeah. You know, like, we would see them, like, do the taxing stuff, and they were, like, they're good. Like, legitimately good wrestlers, uh, or whatever else. It's just, like, they... But right now, in the pandemic, there's no house shows to be had, so you're right. Like, right now, in this situation, how are they gonna be, how are they gonna get good? Like, but when they were doing, you know, house shows, getting, like, one or two matches a week, you know... Yeah. That was enough, but right now, like, especially given where we were looking at with this, like... They're probably better off never doing house shows anymore, except for special occasions. Like maybe they keep the NXT house shows around because like that's essential. oh they got to keep those. But like yeah. main roster house shows, them shits need to go. Like unless they're in like some special venue like Madison Square Garden or they're doing big cities, they don't need to do that shit no more. I think maybe you do like maybe like one a week. Maybe two, maybe maybe each like brand, like, like Raw and SmackDown. Brand. Yep, yeah, one per brand. That makes sense. That, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. But as far as like, yeah, you know, you do, you know, you only at the house twice a twice a, you know, t- like one day a week or whatever else. That shit, that shit's gotta go. Fuck, yeah, man. ain't no for what? Remember money? Yeah. We don't do house shows. All right, and they're making all this money off the TV. Nah, man. Right. Um, switch the business up. Yeah. It need to be some senior type of thing where it's like the only people that like we might put one star on there to do like a house show like once a month. Like top top level stars might do one house show a month. Like the big shows, whatever else. And everybody else is like mid from mid card down, like especially like the people that are freshmen they see that aren't like vets, like or you know, need to learn the system for the, the main roster system. Like those only people need to be on doing like the house shows on a weekly basis. So, like the, the green people need more experience. Like the you know the Lacey uh, Evans types need to be you know Bianca Belair, 
or whatever else. Uh, I'm trying to think who else uh, this has got up recently. Who who's who's called up recently? Matt like, Riddle. Yeah, Riddle. Riddle's the person like uh, you. You go out here and you do the house show that one house show a week every week or whatever else. But everybody else like that's a senior been around like you know five plus years that sort of thing. Nah, stay your ass home. Um. Yeah, Mercedes so, with enough experience for all three of them. Right. So basically, the the match is like they more or less uh, maul on Caden Carter until she can get free to let Casey get the hot tag. She has a great hot tag. Um, we've seen it before in person. Um, and then at the end, um, I, I don't know if this is actually really playing off of months ago when they had a match, but like. She kind of she basically cuts off Casey, throws her around, and then beat and then beats her with the uh, beats her with her finish. Um, and then out comes Rhea. Um, they uh, Robert Stone, Brandon, Leah, and Robert Stone. They get out the ring. They're desperately telling Mercedes to get out the ring, get away from her, let her have the ring. Mercedes is staring dead in there because she ain't scared. She's not a geek. They start throwing down. Um, they end up in a corner brawling and then Aaliyah gets involved and then she gets the, and then, um, with Mercedes not realizing it and then she ends up laying out Rhea. But Mercedes, like, it was done in a way where, like, she was getting help, but Mercedes never realized she was getting help. Um, so keep that in mind. Like, I think she's going to dump them too, which might play back into the, uh, the stuff you were saying about, or not you were saying, Melissa was saying about, you know. It's Tony Khan, and she he can't you know retain real clients or whatever else or real services of real you know players. Um, so they did the the fucking Johnny and um, Candace uh, Gargano family stuff where they talk nice and then talking to the camera and they do the effects or whatever else. Um, the what you get out of it is that they're actually about to go go forward with Candace in um, what's her name? Candace and Tegan. They're going to finally pull the trigger on that. Um, and Johnny was saying like, you know, he has a match with Rich Holland because um, out of that semifinal stuff of people that didn't get pinned in triple threat matches next week. Uh, did you hear about that match, Rich? Yes, I did. I actually got uh, further inside information, which I will share with you off air. <laughs> okay. Well, I, the story is that the match was already taped, and that Rich Holland threw Johnny, and Johnny landed right on his fucking head, and um, they restart. And Johnny was good enough that they restart. So it was a the power match. slam. It, it was a power slam going awry. He dropped on his head on a power slam. Yeah, so uh, I'll, he, I'll share the rest with you. Uh, so he shouldn't be wrestling, right? I, I, what what was he, he dropped him on his dome? He dropped him on his head. Yeah, yeah. They said dropped him on top of his head off a power. And now you tell me it was a power slam. Yeah, that's kind of a one on one shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Johnny was healthy enough to. Con- to not only continue the match, but to start the match from scratch and, re- and redo it. I don't know the finish of it. I, I'll watch it next week or whatever else, or whenever it gets on, but um, yeah. So, <sighs> move on. Um, that's just Thatch Can Wrestling. Yes. 
he is talking about um, how the single leg Boston Crab. You know, actually, like he said, the name of this is adaptability. We'll go over this before we talked about it before. The single leg Boston Crab. You use the blade of your forearm to dig into the Achilles heel. Um, but if someone is nifty or whatever else, like what happened with him in the triple threat match with uh, Finn Balor when he escaped, he turned into a ankle lock looking thing where basically he traps the blade against the, he basically grabs you in like an ankle lock position and traps his, uh, the blade of his forearm against the ankle and presses against his, traps against his chest and squeezes from there to get the same, um, uh, type of, uh, effect that the single leg crab did. And he's like, he says it's all about adaptability. And the person that he was doing it to was wearing a Finn Balor t-shirt Next week, Finn Balor was going to be in the semifinal thing of the against whoever did not win this match, which turned out to be Velveteen Dream. So something tells me that Velveteen Dream is going to be in this ladder match, and then on Takeover we're going to have Finn Balor versus Thatcher because after their triple threat match, Balor attacked Thatcher. Um after the show, and they showed it last week that he attacked him after the show, and then you have this shirt thing, you know how to get down, that's a simple uh, I, I don't even want to hear about no more Thatcher's Thatch can until he answers for getting submitted by Desert Loomis. Like, how the fuck does that happen, Mr. Submission Man? Well, why are we still Why are we still going back to this? Why are we booking Desert Loomis to submit the fucking Thatcher's Thatch can shooter wrestler Timothy Thatcher? Well, it was simply come from behind in a choke. I don't care. <laughs> in real life, if you wound up on Brock Lesnar and caught him in a choke, he's fucking done. That's just, Why would they submit him? That's I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it wasn't stupid, but I'm saying, like, logically, I wouldn't fucking do it, but, like, they, the way they did it is, like, okay, that's that. We come from behind. I wouldn't have done it, but, like, whatever. I wouldn't have done it. Um... We, we we when we we need to get loom is loom can submission uh wrestling in you know because he puts somebody in the check like that's what they would do like he's really like, the baddest you know what that sound like they would do you know what that sound like they would do like they would do that to like a baby face under like a upper mid card or, or mid card baby face it was like facing angle back when angle was like the rusting machine that sounded like something they would have done like someone got the best of angle angle would have been fucking 38 hot for like three weeks one to one to fucking tear that dude from limb from limb from embarrassing him and they'd be almost like uh, who was the dude that caught him in the key lot that wasn't tough enough Daniel Pewter. It's like if Daniel Pewter had a feud with him on on paper on for a pay per view feud like after that it happened, where it's like he came like yeah you got to wrestle Kurt. What? What? I'll kill you! Don't you ever say that to me again? Like it's, <laughs> that seems like something they would have done, but no, they they're not doing that. Um. Anyway, um. So uh, it was Cameron Grimes versus Kushida versus a mystery uh, opponent uh for the slot into the. North North American ladder match. Uh, Purse comes out. Velveteen Dream. Yeah, haven't seen Velveteen Dream since he got beat at In Your House. Um, he was also part of the Speaking Out. You saw some of those named multiple times in the um, Speaking Out uh, stuff that came out over uh, months ago. So secret suspension. What do you mean? That's where he was. Hmm. Okay. So, 
apparently this investigation, the, the um, the victim was never contacted. The victim has since came out on Twitter and confirmed this by WWE. Uh, so it leaves me thinking, combined with what I already know about the situation, that there was no investigation that took place. So we, uh, even if there were, like, they were going to fire him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hear this is a very unpopular um, thing with uh, those in the locker room. Of course, you guys, if you ch- check any comment section, people are not happy about this Velveteen Dream shit. I mean, dude, they're... I mean, him and Riddler are two of the guys who's like, I don't... Nah, bro. <laughs> Just no. No! I, I don't know, man. Like, like this guy's super protected. Well, I don't know. What, what is it? Like, maybe they feel like they invested too much in him? I don't know. But, like, it'd be one thing if, like, you know, he was as good as he was before the shoulder injury. Nah. Like, I would say this. This was the best match he's had since he came back, but it's like, he was at one point a very good, a very good wrestler that could have great matches with the right person and the right layout. I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy after that shoulder thing. Like, he, he, he ain't ain't wrestling Tommaso Ciampa no more. He ain't wrestling Ricochet. He ain't wrestling Aleister Black. He ain't wrestling Johnny Gargano. He ain't wrestling fucking... um, But he was wrestling Cole, though. He was wrestling Cole. He was wrestling Cole, but Cole's thing is he makes the other guy look good. Like, Well, wouldn't that help for... Well, okay. All I'm going to say is this. I understand what you're saying, but it has nothing to do with, like, your shrikes looking like the purest of shit. Well, like, I mean, look, it, look, it wasn't look like he was where he trained strike. to wrestle. It wasn't like he was some great primarily. to begin with, but, like, it was, like, embarrassing at, at, a, at one point. It's like, yo, this is... Like, that man has gone backwards um, from everything yeah. that I've gathered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, this match was pretty good. Uh, Kushida's just like, God, what the fuck are you doing here? Like... It's nice that he uh, came out of mothballs. Dude, like, Kushida comes out every fucking week, or, or not every time he, I see him, and I'm just like, he's just as good as he ever was. Like, which means he's still one of the very best wrestlers in the world, bar none. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was expecting, like, you know, the Cruiserweight thing's gonna lead to something. It didn't. Uh, I, you know, they threw him in the trash that one time. Um, they, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember so, that. I forgot, uh, I forgot what the situation was. Basically, uh, the end of this match is Grimes gets, uh, Grimes gets, uh, Velveteen out the ring and ends up, uh, pinning, um, oh, I know what happens. Okay. So, Kushida gets Velveteen in, uh, a Kimura and wraps him up and he's basically selling like he's gonna has him, uh, wrap, like he's gonna, like, pick him up and drop him. Uh, but he's just stuck in the spot and he's basically bent over Velveteen with, uh, uh, Kushida brat around in front of him. From the top rope comes, uh, Grimes with the double stomp onto Kushida. He basically, uh, your boy comes to his feet, or Grimes gets to his feet and throws Velveteen out of the ring and pins Kushida. Um, after the match, Velveteen goes to a rage furious and beats the fuck out of uh, Kushida 
um, I guess that's supposed to be a heel turn. And then out comes Finn Balor yeah. because he knows that like he didn't get that Velveteen to get pinned, so it's gonna be him, you know, next week or two weeks from now in a match. And it's like so we're finally gonna get in a match that we were told we were gonna get back in like I wanna say like May or the yeah, like May, mid May, uh where they basically said that, you know, someone ransacked Finn Balor's room. Um, or whatever else. So they they finally got back to this match they've been trying to do for a few months. Um, I, I look if you come out here and have a shitty match with Finn Balor, I don't know what it, in in NXT. I don't know what to tell him. I just don't like Finn Balor. Even on the main roster, would always give you a technically sound, perfectly well professional uh, match. Uh, in NXT, he's coming out here and he's giving you a good match almost every fucking time. Uh, so if he has a bad match with Finn Balor. You know, I don't know what to tell him. First of all, I don't want to tell him the fact he's on fucking TV. Anymore. Yeah, I don't even want to feel comfortable with him. Yeah, he shouldn't be on. He shouldn't even be on TV. And then they're still doing this. Like, so it's like whatever, like, whatever. Like, you shouldn't even fucking be here. Like, <laughs> and then like, given given what I tell you, but the faster thing with the faster thing is like, so he's about to be on fucking Takeover too. I don't know, man. I do not know. Yeah, man. And Velveteen Dream, I heard you he done dyed his beard blonde. Yeah, like, but he's had the nah. beard blonde before, so it's like you know, I was looking at more like when Cam Newton was doing that a couple years ago. Like, whatever. Velveteen Dream ain't no fucking Cam Newton. Oh, no shit, but I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, y'all, this is this something, I guess. Y'all, good luck with that. Well, uh, when you get yours done, man. Uh. I don't see my filter chair grows in fuller than theirs. I don't have like the little small little the scraggly bottom. Like I can have a full beard. You just got to do the whole thing, you know, just the whole a blonde beard like the, the Kushida, like Kushida. Yeah, the whole like, like Kushida, Sonata. I'm sorry, Sonata's one thing. I'm confusing Japanese men. See? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm good. No. Oh, there's also a note. Uh. During the show, one of the commentators described Velveteen as the Dennis Rodman of NXT or of wow. WWE. One of the two, I can't remember. And I was like, I feel like you're, I feel like you're insulting Rodman right now. This feels like an insult yeah. to Rodman. Yeah, look, I know that you think Rodman was out there and shit, but like, you want no pedophile? Don't don't forget. Yes, Rodman was never on like. <laughs> I hate to say it like this. Robin was never like some type of gay man or alluding to be a gay man. Like that man would wear a dress to fuck with you or whatever. Um, like he was, this is a hall of fame level athlete. Like, nah, man, like, I, I was just stuck on the whole part where it's like, no, nah, one dude's a pedophile, the one's not. Like, just because they're weird does not mean, like, they're, they're weird is different. They're, they're weird is totally different. Like, one is, one is, like, for the most part, unproblematic, except for, like, you know, working in professional sense. His problematic is, like, yeah, he's ruining lives and damaging people's souls. Like, nah, bro. Two different things. Two totally yeah. different things. Uh, um, if I'm Robin, I'd be like, hey, bro, we need to, uh, I need to have a conversation. We need to edit that shit off. <laughs> edit that shit. Edit that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Um, fuck it. Uh, the only thing left, I think, is stardom now, right? I guess. Uh, I guess you just gotta hit the music. 
Okay, so night three got canceled because someone um, in stardom that was not on the trip to Osaka for night three um, tested positive for COVID, and they canceled the show at the last minute. Like they had, like they basically, you know, the talent was there, fans were in the building, and they canceled. Uh, the crowd applauded; they understood, which is good. I'm glad they didn't get shit for that, but. Uh, yeah, um, you know, people have speculated on who it is. I have some ideas, on, um, but I'm not going to share it. Um, you know, we kind of speculated about Arissa back in the time when, you know, um, she was, she, you know, got pulled seemingly like at random off of the, what was that, the No People Gate show. Um, but, yeah, at the time, like, there were tweets out there really really talking about, you know, stuff revolving around her health, so, uh, you know, we, I don't think we speculated about that online until after we found out, or, on, like, on, in public until after we found out, like, you know, that wasn't the case, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, you know, people are, are guessing, and, like, y'all, y'all feel free to guess, I'm, you know, just hope, you know, that person's safe and none of it gets spread around. But um, by it seems like they're still all ready to go for their big Yokohama shows next weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, we didn't talk about nights one and two, so we can talk about them now. Um, my first impressions uh, is that like Mayu is on a warpath to do anything it takes to get four stars out of generally anybody. She's out of her fucking mind. She might die. Um, she bumps on her like night one. She has a uh, she has a match with uh with Julia. Um, Julia is winning. Um, that was a, that was a four star match. And then night two, she has a match with Starlight Kid, and she like beats the shit out of Starlight Kid. She plays heel. She's she's just bullying her, kicking her kicking her back left and right, body slamming her on her bad back, working over her back. Um put her in camel clutches and stuff and then like Starlight Kid makes his comebacks where like you know she's on the apron she gets thrown into the rope she goes over the top onto the apron catches Mayu through the ropes and then get, drops her on her head with a with a uh, DDT onto the apron through the ropes um there's other there's one spot I can't even fucking describe it'll take me like two minutes to try to like get the, the brain capacity to describe it um where she ends up drop. oh I know what it was she was going for a code red. She catches her uh, from f- flipping all the way over, rolls her back up, and then Starlight Kid reverses it to, in a way to where like Mayu ends up on her head, <laughs> like is like it, it was a great match. I think it was Starlight Kid's best singles match, which is saying something because you know we we both love that uh, Suzuki high speed match so much. But I thought this was it, and it went like thirteen minutes and. You know, it made you. This is like you know, we talk about it. Like she is the ultimate, ultimate baby face star, like kid, and she's in there with you know, another great ultimate, baby ultimate baby face. <laughs> right, and she's in there, and like Mayu's like just playing the bully role to get the crowd behind her, and it totally worked. It, I thought it was a great match. Um, so she's had a great week so far, or start to the tournament. Um, trying to think who else from night one to cross over to night two. Um. Shuri's having a great tournament. Um, her first 
match was actually with Natsuko and like Natsuko trying all of her bullshit and nothing doing. You're finna hold these kicks, you're finna hold these knees, you're finna hold all these arm submissions. You're not gonna fuck up my match. <laughs> Just not. <laughs> um, like it wasn't a great match, but it was still a fun match. I gave it like uh, two and three quarters, like which is saying something for Natsu when she's or Natsuko when she's actually legitimately trying to have shitty matches. Um, and then she, night two, she's with, uh, jungle in this, you know, great match. Um, very detailed on working over her, uh, jungle's arm and shoulder. You know, she has a bad shoulder, um, and jungle fighting and fighting through it and finding ways to escape at last second. But at the end puts her away with a, with a, with a third and final arm, um, bar. Um, Utami, Utami had a match with Jungle. Um, in night one, they had a, they had their normal match. It's three and three quarters. They just beat the shit out of each other. Um, it played off of last year's actually, where they both end up on the outside. Where last year, Utami gave her a rack bomb onto, in rack bomb Jungle right onto the apron. Um, this year, Jungle returns the favor, gives her her power bomb, her uh, hammer throw power bomb right onto the apron. Looked like some Kevin Owens shit. Um, <laughs> At the end, Utami ends up uh, beating her, um, and then she is in night two. She, Utami's in the ring with Nasco. Nasco does the most cheating shit I've ever seen in a starter match. Like this is beyond like when Kagetsu was around here with the mist or the water. There's the chain. There's chair. She pulls out chairs. She. Uh, jumps off the apron and splashes onto chairs that are stacked on Utami. I thought Utami had broken her arm at one point. Nice. Um, she has, she, you know, she comes down to the ring with, with a chain. So you think she's going to use the chain that she brought? No, she's going to bring the chain down and then go underneath the apron and grab a second chain to use as well. Um, Two chains. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> There's a spot where uh, she lays out the chain on the mat. I think after the ref has been thrown to the ground, like she's abusing refs. Um, Natsuko is. Suspender. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Utami's crazy ass reverses out of whatever was about. Oh, I'm sorry. Normally what Natsuko does is she'll go and powerbomb you. Not powerbomb you, but body slam you is what I mean. Onto the chain. She gets out of the out of the body slam and then German suplexes Natsuko onto the chain. They're German suplexing each other onto the chain. Boy. That sounds um painful. Dumb as fuck, right? Um so the match ends after Utami has thoroughly outrustled her uh and all of her cheating where uh, she grabs a chain and she basically chokes her um, and basically like uses the ropes as leverage to, to further the choke and the ref throws the match So for a fucking DQ. She took a DQ in a tournament, Rich. So, like I said, before we came back in uh, at the end of June, before that happened, we had went all of 2019 in 2018 with only two DQs in all of stardom since the end of June when they came back on June 24th, 21st NASCO has three DQs 
I don't want to watch her matches. I just don't. Ruined in the promotion. Anyway, um, Momo had, uh, in night one wrestles Micah. They have a good match. Uh, Micah gets the victory. In night two, Momo fights Azumi. Um, I'm pretty sure you remember the match from last year in the Grand Prix. Um, I think this is better than that match. Uh, it is outrageous how good Azumi is. You know, I talk about it all the time about like, I think she's the future. Like, she's going to be awesome in, you know, 2027 and shit. Like, nah, bro. Like, I feel like if she makes it to 2017 now, if she turns 18, I think, at the end of the year. I feel like if she makes it to 23, she could be the best woman in the wrestling. In the world. Hmm. Like, when you see the, what she fucking pulls out in this match, like, all of the, all of her lucha stuff that she already does, and she, she does even more stuff, and it turns in like, all this technical wizardry and shit, is like, and, you know, the Grand Prix typically is where she, like, she takes the training wheels off and does the big bumps or whatever else, like, you throw that in with all this stuff, and it's like, how the fuck is she not gonna be like the best wrestler in this promotion, except except maybe Mayu, if Mayu even can hold together long enough. By the time she turns like twenty one, she's fucking incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, last time I saw her uh, wrestle, it was like, well, you already see it. Like you can see it. Like she hops to the top rope with ease, super smooth, uh, lightning fast. Um, <clears throat> I just think like once she like you know. Once, once she quote unquote grows into her grown woman body, <laughs> um, I, I you know I, I had to word that as delicately as I know possible. Exactly what you mean, yeah, but um, especially like you know, yeah, All right. Like she's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and the crazy thing is like we all see it, but it's like I feel every t- like especially since we've gotten back. Since June's like, because, you know, stardom is just flat out. I think that since, uh, even before we got into this tournament, because, you know, that's unfair, it's tournament play. I feel like the best promotion in wrestling in ring in July was probably stardom. But that's besides the point. Like, we're at a point now where, like, all her, like, her matches at any time, like, are just at a certain level, and it's like, yeah, some of these are tags or whatever else, but like you're even seeing this in in the in this tournament is like she shouldn't be out here or or it doesn't make much sense that like, oh yeah, she goes she went ahead had a three star match with like Saya who's been wrestling for a year. You know, and like in and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and has the young girl office where one of the things she does is do drop kicks and chops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, and it, you know the match went like it went like four minutes or some shit. Or, no, I think seven minutes. I can't remember. They went it went short. But anyway, um, I, I those two matches I think you would definitely you need to check out. I know you haven't gotten around to, it, but those two in particular, the Mayu match and this Azumi and Momo match, like it's just Jesus Christ, it's so. <laughs> if they don't kill each other, they're gonna be great. <laughs> um, trying to think what else happened. Um. Oh, um, Tam and Konami in night two. Uh, Tam is selling her back from her, um, her, her loss 
in night one to Hameka from getting um, her back worked over and beat over by a giant and then getting racked at the end. Um, her back is hurt, just beat up to shit. And then... Um, She just does a, such a great job of selling her back. Like she sells her back better than Matt Jackson at this point. Like she's just she's really <laughs> fucking good. Uh, Konami is now like she's in this thing where you know she's you know submission wizard, but now she's focusing on like trying to take people's necks out um, to soften them up for like you know the final answer and everything. And um, it just it just worked really well. Um, this match I've been anticipating for a while. I've always you know to my uh, to my top five or so favorite wrestlers in stardom so um they had a great match i gave it like three and three quarters um but yeah i just night and this is like night two or these matches where it's like all right so like i think like four matches in a row or like you know four three and three and three quarters or four four and a quarter like and it's like four of these matches are like in five matches in a five match in a row set and it's like yo what the f-? and this is night two it's like yo this is wild like this is obviously like there's way more matches but like if you just cut that out like that's a that's like a very great G1 night right there like those mm-hmm. top five matches off this card it's like what is expecting this but like this this thing when they move the time from 15 to 10 20 minutes is like done wonders for like these matches feeling like full th- like full filled out match as opposed to like you know uh, they get they get thirteen minutes to tell to get their match in as opposed to like it would be eight or nine um so yeah uh it's been a great tournament so far um right now the point Utami's undefeated she has four points uh Hameka has four points um Shuri has four points, like, Shuri and Utami, like, they're, they meet in the final night, so it seems like Yeah, I was gonna say, like I thought it was at the end. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're setting that up, uh, it seems like, to start out the tournament, so that's I, cool. I will be there. <laughs> oh, yeah, special note, uh, I forgot to mention this, like, during the, um, night two with this jungle and, and, and Shuri, as jungle is fighting back, jungle puts Shuri on her back, does a top row splash on her back, and then um, later in the match, like thirty seconds later, Shuri goes for one of her kicks, and she catches her, and she catches the kick, and she gives her a dragon screw leg whip, and then she puts her in her sharpshooter. I was like, "Yo, this this is this is why I like starts so much so efficient." It's like, I hurt her back one time, I hurt her leg one time. What finishing move works on the legs in the back? The sharpshooter, motherfucker, put her on it. I was like, <laughs> I, I just love this show. I just I just love it. But yeah, um. Yeah, uh, they've had like six bangers already through three or through two shows, and um, next weekend will be the Yokohama shows with a white belt rematch between Tam and Julia, um, red belt match between Shuri and uh, Mayu. Uh, there's gonna be a high speed match between Starlight Kid and Nazumi. There is a special match where it's uh, supposed to be Saki in Nasco versus Konami in Jungle, where if Oedo Tai wins, TCS gets disbanded. Um, I don't know how that comes into play exactly, but also other like uh, highlight matches are going to do Hameka versus Utami somewhere on one of the shows. Um, Momo on one night fights 
Julia, and then on the next night fights Mayu in exhibition matches. Um, so this this machine is going to keep sh- <laughs> like the the great matches that they're kicking out are like they're going to be like probably six of them um, from this one weekend. So can't wait to watch them. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever you're watching or whatever you're li- using to listen to this. Um, check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Soul Suplex to pick up some official Soul Suplex podcast merchandise. Be sure to check out the rest of the shows the network. On Sundays, we normally have this show, One Nation Radio. Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we have Growing Washes Shit. On Fridays, we have the new show, 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. If you want to hear like a chiptune video game beat I made, uh, that's their theme music, so you should check that out. Um, just for that, uh, not, for the, not for the podcast? Yeah, yeah, just turn it off after. I don't think Josh will really care, you know, <laughs> or Sandy, you know, just, just for the music, you know, immediately just cut it off. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, uh, everybody request your ballots, uh, now. Uh, I requested mine today. So, oh, yeah. Uh, definitely do that. Uh, don't forget, uh, the first five people who purchase something from Manscaped and use our code, uh, suplex and email us proof of purchase to social suplex at gmail.com. You guys will get AEW all outs pay per view order for you courtesy of the social suplex podcast network. So you can't beat that. Yeah. So thanks for listening, y'all. Later. We up out of here. Uh, programming note. Um, am I still going? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so next week is very loaded, I believe. So, like, AEW is on Saturday. There's TakeOver. There's SummerSlam. So, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday. Well, chances are it will probably be maybe Monday. Oh, I don't know. Monday. Maybe we had to we had to split these up or something. But um, there, Yeah, Monday. There's no way in fuck we're doing this on Sunday. I'm not doing a, I'm not doing a reaction podcast for SummerSlam. Like, I was talking to you about this, uh, a few of y'all. I was like, all right. Start them on Saturday, start them on Sunday. Uh, Dynamite, take over the Rev Pro show. And then Josh threw in the Friday, uh, the final of, uh, on Strong of the USA Cup, right? Yeah. I didn't count it, but it's like, SummerSlam could be the seventh best show of SummerSlam weekend. Like, I'm not finna rush to, <laughs> I'm not finna rush to get up an instant reaction podcast for that shit. I'm good. We can wait on Monday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's the best fucking show. Like, I feel terrible that it's like, that this is how I feel about WWE wrestling. But like, that's their shows. That's what their wrestlers do. That's what their wrestling is now. Right. I mean, we've moved on. You know, we, we've say, evolved. I, dude, I still watch them. What? Almost did you catch any of the... Did you catch any of the indie stuff that they uploaded? I have not yet. I have not, no. But, like, you know, I watch, I get suckered into watching Raw or, like, almost every other week, just desperate that, like, they could turn this shit around. I know they're not going to turn it around, but I would like for them to turn around. Like, you always talk about it, it's like, they're like that, that relative that, like, you keep giving chances, but, like, all that's going to happen is they're going to be strung out again on crack. Yeah. Ultimately, they will they will use the crack again. 
I just hope for the best. I really, I really do. Like, I miss, like, most of my favorite wrestlers are still in that company, still on the main roster. I would like to see them again and do, doing good stuff. It does not, because they have that going on for them. A dark cloud, a broken system. I miss Ricochet. Oh well. We've got New Japan World. Oh man. Well, later. Peace.